0: welcome to another exciting episode of the comic book chronicles i am your host roddy cat and go after a little touch up there you can find me at roddy cat on twitter you can find me at news news need on twitter you can find me at cb caps on instagram
1: South Carolina with Columbia down
0: the way, and the sound effects you heard come from another that I'm in in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Taking it back to the beginning. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn.
1: We're Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Uh, folks, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can find this here podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make
2: sure to hit like and subscribe and uh, leave us all the good five star reviews.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry, I'm looking at some things on the side here. I'm like, wait, what's going on over here? Um, you can also find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30ish p.m. on uh, twitch.tv slash book chronicles and youtube.com slash the nation.
2: Again, please hit like, subscribe and hit the notification button so that you know when we are online.
0: And that is uh, uh, T-A-G-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, by the way, all one word, just in case you were wondering. But folks, we are going to get started with a little spoiler-free slash probably like recap of Marvel's She-Hulk Episode 7.
2: Yeah, we'll be light, light, light on the spoilers, but, you know, there's going to be some inherently. So I'm going to ring the spoiler bell in three, two, one, at least some mild spoilers incoming for
0: She-Hulk episode seven. So this here episode is called The Retreat, um, which if you've been keeping up with She-Hulk, brings her back in contact with one Emil Blonsky. At his, um, I guess newly. Oh, it's not necessarily new. I guess because clearly he's been running it for a minute. Um, depending on how long, much time has passed between episodes, right? Um, but uh, he's he's running retreat that uh, Jin pretty much gets stuck at for for a little while.
2: Right. And that's pretty much all right. The setup. The, right. The setup point. is that yeah. There there is a there is a very plausible setup here in that the that uh, the abominations parole officer detects. Uh, An Anomaly, I'm going to use some Star Trek language here, detects An Anomaly with the Abominations, a.k.a. Amo Blonsky's uh, wrist uh, ankle monitor. And uh, he asks She-Hulk, one, as a Hulk-powered person, and two, as Amo Blonsky's attorney to come with him. And that's where everything kind of jumps off from.
0: Pretty really much, including uh, as Agent Seventy and I um, talked about slightly before the the show, a couple of deep cut pulls in live action form. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. There's one. Th- listen, there's one character that does make a return appearance. Yes. At this, at this uh, retreat, you know, uh, resort, you know, uh, whatnot, and. um as Roddy Cat said there are a bunch of really deep cuts here, you know, really digging in not the the complete bottom of the uh, Marvel character barrel, but we're getting really close. It's
0: yeah, it's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was about to say, I don't know how you can sugarcoat that one, man. No,
0: that was I wasn't even going to try to. I was just going to be like, yeah, you you right, but <laughs> <laughs> Cause holy hell, um, one in particular who has actually been showing up in recent years, and in and a, in a um, to which you know, unless you're reading it, you won't you will not know. Uh, right, showing up in the pages of Spider Man, Spider Woman, excuse me. Right, Jessica Drew, uh, Spider
1: Woman.
0: Mm hmm. So, so that is interesting. If you've uh, that might be a spoiler if you've been keeping up with that book, but you still don't necessarily know who, because a lot of people showed up in that book,
1: right?
2: Um, and I remember reading when that character was kind of reintroduced, but I completely spaced on the fact that that was this character. You mm-hmm. know, I remember the, the 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 unmasked character playing a role, but I couldn't remember that that was the 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 secret identity of this character, uh, you know, of this character that's introduced in this episode.
0: Right. So, and yeah, an interesting part, they, they, you know, sometimes they do, they did a, uh, a change to the character, a slight change to the character, which I won't go into, but even if you know, or you don't know the the character, kind of, the relevancy is, is, is not, is, is there or not there. Right, 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 right. So,
2: And I guess the one other thing that we can add is that the um, the perfect guy that was introduced at the, in the wedding episode is not exactly what he seemed. You yeah, know, Roddy course. Cat was yep. not surprised. I was mildly surprised, but at the end of the day, you know, we knew that that was just a little too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Especially given how, you know, the beginning of this episode also played out. So...
0: Right, because there are some some other things going. On. There was another thing that that was going on with Jen in the beginning of this, which we won't, won't go into. That I'm sure a lot of people have gone have had have had uh, some experience with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: personally, though, which got uh, which got worked out by the end. So there there was that.
2: Right, there's a reveal at the end of the <laughs> episode. So what mm-hmm. we're getting now, instead of the tags, instead of the 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 post credit or mid credit scene stingers we're getting these very brief scenes at the end of each episode that serve as like a real means of moving the narrative forward without actually giving us a trailer cuts or or like a mid-credit cutscene
0: right that's been Uh, the trend over
2: the last two episodes
0: three episodes even Right, and I'm basically kind of wondering because I think I don't can't remember if I said it on the show or said it after the show about them basically reversing the trend of doing after credits, uh, uh, um, after credit scenes mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the show. So and, and so far, that seems to be bearing out, but I've got kind of a feeling that's probably not going to hold for, right. the, for uh, at some point. Um, but we'll see. Nevertheless, there was a nice little Easter egg if you were uh, sharp eyed enough. Which you, and you know. Uh, I guess a slight bit of comic history with She-Hulk that just shows up near the end that I thought was going to pay off in uh, a certain actual person showing up. But um, that has something to do with the character, or has had something to do with the character, let's say. Uh, but that didn't happen. I was kind of slightly bummed by that, but uh, again, I wasn't like hedging, you know, I wasn't like like, oh, are we gonna, z- No? Okay. was fine. <laughs> it was kind of one of those things. But I figured they just kind of left it at at, at the Easter egg in, in question. So
2: what are you talk, What are you referring to?
0: Uh, when she got into the tow truck, did you happen to notice the name on the side of the tow truck?
2: I, I I remember seeing it, but very briefly. I I don't know if I was watching it on my phone or if I had watched that part at home. So gotcha. I I just remember flashing the name. So I did not see. I don't remember the name. So I'm going to go back and check that out. Thanks for that. Yeah, like said,
0: we'll 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 leave that out to the to the to the folks to discover for themselves. But mm. I'm like, okay, that was a nice right. It's
2: good I mean... to look. It's good to let everybody know to be on the lookout for it. So just exactly. you know, there's going to be an Easter egg there, folks, when you get to that part of the show. It's towards the end,
0: right? Um, I mean, and there's been stuff like that uh, uh, sprinkled in. I didn't see a QR code for anything, but it could have been something I overlooked also because they've been given putting out QR codes for you know, She-Hulk books in all of the episodes. Hmm. But like I said, I did not see one in this one, but, you know, there were were probably one there I just overlooked it, surely. Otherwise, that was another, you know, well, I guess we have slightly different opinions on the the quality of this episode, but nevertheless, I, you know. I groaned, there's a couple of aspects of this
2: particular episode that I groaned at, Hmm. right? But I understand why, you know, it's, you know, it's still well written. It's just that it's not where I thought it was going to go. I'm not that familiar with slots run on She-Hulk, and I sort of understand that me, I, I part of me doubts that they did this in the comics. But at the end of the day, you know they're 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 not beholden to any of the actual stories in the comics. These are all obviously adaptations. So right. the writer the writer's room gets to have some some fun. And this is apparently, you know, a thing that happens especially in California. You know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is um I don't know if uh if Roddy Cat remembers uh uh Remember the Titans, the movie. Uh yes. Right? I feel like Donald Faison's character, you know, this is this is all stuff from California. California.
0: You're saying it's some, some some crunchy stuff, some granola.
2: Yeah, it's some <laughs>
1: sunshine
2: stuff. You know what I mean? This is some sunshine.
0: Sunshine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can I can I can tell totally <laughs>
1: you some.
0: Know? And as far as going back to whether this was in the comic books, it sounds like this could be something they probably I don't remember this happening in a slots run. Um but it's probably something that could have so, but anyway, it's it's set up in a way that it could have happened. Okay, so, the way that run kind of gonna win, but I don't think it actually did, unless it happened later on. Because like I say, I, I went back. I'm, I'm still kind of in the midst of rereading that mm-hmm. that um that uh, that run, so there, there's parts of it I don't remember. So either way, like I said, still a pretty pretty decent episode. Like I, say, I, I I can definitely understand how this episode can kind of get to some people because <laughs> it, it well it it kind of takes it to a place. Yeah. I was like, okay, we get it. You know, so I kind of see that, but like I said, I didn't really have that that big of a problem with it. But I can, like I said, I can see where that could kind of, you know, get to people because we've kind of had a good bit of it in the show. Right. Right. All right. So, But that that being said, we can push on to uh, Andor. I should, I should get like a a clip or something. Well, not a clip because I don't know what was taken off YouTube, but get like something. Get the title up for something so to, to show that we're talking about the thing.
2: Oh, you know what I was about to say. We have, we we can, we you know, we can always play a particular sound effect. Noise. Deceptions. <laughs> because that's what's in this story. This story is all about where that particular quote comes from. This is the precursor to Rogue One, and we're following the story of Cassian Andor. And we are now neck deep into his origin uh, of being part of the nascent rebellion. And this is basically a look into, um, you know, this is a mild spoiler. So, again, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell for uh, Andor. Spoilers incoming in three, two, one. Bottom line here is, without talking too much about what happens, this is the first look into Cashin Andor's first real mission as being part of, at least technically being part of, as I said earlier, the nascent rebellion against the Empire. I'm not sure what else yep. we need to add to that, because that's really yeah, what it comes down to
0: exactly that's pretty much the person just to, to stuff because like and this is just him starting the mission like they didn't even get into it like obviously there was some you know there's a little bit of setup and this and that and the other but that that's pretty much the gist of this and it's episode four by the way uh for for those keep a track and not necessarily watching it mm-hmm. um so i
2: thought i said it was it, like episode four
0: i don't remember you saying it but either way hey reiteration is always good sometimes um so yeah, I mean those It's still pretty good. Like we get. So the only thing I guess to, to add to it is like we get a little bit more about a cast uh, about a um, character that uh, Cassian is dealing with, and we get, I guess, we get a nice.
2: I was about to say we get a nice cameo appearance from uh, a, a Rogue One character that plays a smaller role in the later trilogy
0: well yeah i was i was about to get yeah. to that to like to a i guess some would say a long-standing uh star wars character in a sense right who kind of comes in at places i guess she she, she kind of did come in at uh in the prequels too near mm-hmm. the end. So, either way um so we get uh i guess an introduction introduction to her part in this or the part of this character's uh part in this or at least started to anyway um and i guess there may or may not have been a reference to another character that we have seen before the that that's may or may not come into to play i'm not sure if that was what that was or just thinking about it um but regardless like i said a couple of characters we kind of get a little bit more on and uh kind of get going into this mission that's really not much else to say About this episode mm-hmm.
2: Oh I did have one thing to mention So of course it's the one dude Who's got an AK-47 looking blaster I kind of giggled at that Yeah. I kind of giggled when I saw that I was like look at this dude A to the K
0: I saw that I was like really I
2: don't
0: know A to the K like, oh they just unloaded i you know
2: chips. i was about to say yo i'm like yo i can you be real and 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 send dog uh you know a to the m f and k homeboy <laughs> I'm gonna, shout out to I'm cypress like saying, shout out to cypress hill you know i recommend that i think it was a showtime documentary that's out now it's oh, good really? yeah Hmm. okay it's good you were I saying i'm that. sorry to interrupt
0: no, no, no. I was. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I was like, I, I, I saw that and I was like, um, I don't, well, I don't know where that came from, but you know, <laughs> I know there are different types of blasters, and I know definitely in the video games uh, they have you, they have had to kind of, you know, make their own types of uh of uh, guns, right? That 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 are seemingly in canon. And I was like, okay, well there you go. So, like seeing that joint was like that was. <laughs> I was kind of i had to, i had to stop really i i legit stopped i'm like wait <laughs> <laughs> like wait where did this guy come from, from 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 a planet far far away i mean a different planet, or like he just came with his own stuff <laughs> i laughed because i think i stared at it i think yeah. that's what i was doing was just staring at it i was like really right i actually stopped like i actually paused it i'm like and looked at it for a minute and i was like wait <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> what's it. going on with this thing like, that's straight up like you said this is straight up ak not, <laughs> they're, not, they're not even trying anymore <laughs> oh my so, god yeah but nonetheless i'm sure if uh, eagle eye folks will, will pick that up yeah. and i'm surprised actually no one said that said anything about it online but again like the, the, the show at this point is still a day out right. so
2: and it's still so it, obvious too
0: yeah, right. Um, you know. Even though I know people spoil things at the yeah. minute zero, so I'm not right. surprised I hadn't seen it.
2: Yeah, we get we get a kind of a cool uh, side story with that um, the really insistent looking the the really insistent um, uh, rent a cop yes, company dude. Yeah. yeah, so that was an interesting little side story. Um, you know, not, we're not spoiling anything here. We do get a little bit of follow up on, 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 on the after effects of that kind of blown mission that occurred in the first three episodes. Um... They need more done to that
0: dude, though. He 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 deserves a little bit more.
2: <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot more story left to tell. Uh, yep. The one thing I wanted to add is that Bix is nowhere to be found, which was sad for me. I don't know about Roddy Cat, but you know, I would much rather see Bix popping up in every episode.
0: <laughs> so there is another character I suspect. What uh, that 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 Cassian gets introduced to here. Um, plays into a personal mission of his i suspect um and yes, hopefully we will at some point Bix will will end up uh coming back uh in some fashion i hope so. I would be for them to be like well okay no that's just it and that's it like i, hope I, so. I don't think it would set her up that way that that seems seems a waste yep so but yeah but we'll see if I suspect this other person is definitely who who you, who, if people have been paying attention, think that person is. We just haven't gotten that yet. And, yeah, like I said, Bix will show back up at some point because yep. need she, she yep, needs yep. to.
2: They actually do mention the the person whose quote I used to transition into this discussion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that person is alive and well still. This is pre-Rogue 1.
0: Right. At this point, mm-hmm. so yeah, because yes, yeah, because there's, there's less folks for us. we say this now, it's, it's five years before the events of Rogue One, right? So,
2: right, this is even before the events of Rebels, yes, for the uh, mo- for the most part,
0: not the entire part, but for the early? most part, yeah, I was about to say because early Rebels was probably around, around this time,
2: yeah, that yeah. sounds about
0: right, yeah,
2: that sounds about right.
0: So, right, before the time jump and Ezra getting older for, you
2: know, right. and all that stuff.
0: Right, yeah, I would, you know, now did you say that, I would be um, interested, because they did also mention a, um, well, I mean, granted, they also mentioned it in Clone Wars, but uh, a, um, a a location that is significant to uh, one of the characters in the Clone Wars, I mean, in uh, Rebels, um, which would play about this time because, you know uh of uh, certain events i guess so or uh, rebels and clone wars now that i think about it so that was the thing i was kind of wondering about so either way not to go go too far into that we gonna talk about this after after uh after we uh, get off the air so uh nevertheless it was a good episode still there's um the 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 intrigue is starting Mm -hmm. in earnest we can safely say that So now that we've finished that, I guess, you want to go ahead and push on to books?
2: Uh, No, we still have a quickie recap just from me on Rings of Power and House of the Dragon from this past week. As I've been doing since these shows have dropped, I'm just going over things very quickly in very, very broad strokes. So we're getting in Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings, Rings of pa- the Lord of the Rings, Re- the Rings of Power. We get a nice little song in last week's episode, which is kind of cool. I like that. You know, this is very reminiscent of um um you know the the songs that the hobbits sing, the hobbits sing, and uh it is sung by the the harfoots who are uh, one of the harfoots who are uh, basically the precursors of um, the Hobbits in Lord of the Rings. We also have some teases as to, you know, some teased character introductions. We may be seeing the earliest versions of some characters showing up in this episode. Uh, I will leave it up to speculation because it's all still very much speculation. There's some characters who were introduced that may be red herrings and some characters who may be who we think they are and some people who may not be who we think they are. I will also say that uh, Roddy Cat did just start this show. He's on episode one. And I'll let him talk about it, but he basically echoes a lot of how I feel about this show is that one, it's a real pleasure to look at. Two, I I still think Juggling the names of the familiar the, – juggling the familiar names will be the part where anyone who's looking for like the Easter eggs and, you know, obviously we know that this is the lead up to the formation and the battle over the, the rings of power. That's obviously the title of the story uh, that lead into the, the the trilogy that we all know, right, right. And and into The Hobbit really. So bottom line here is, um, and I'll let Roddy cat, uh, add his, uh, his thoughts on episode one, but bottom line here is I'm enjoying this. I don't think this, you know, I don't think anyone who has very little background with the story needs to have really read anything. I don't even think you really need to have watched the, the, the original, the, the fellowship trilogy to really enjoy this because I think they're doing a pretty good job of telling their story.
1: Mm.
0: Go ahead. I think people are gonna still do that whether before well, I guess whether as a as a as, as a um reminder, recap uh, of the events of uh Hobbit and uh Lord of the Rings trilogy proper. Right. But and then there's some Lunatics uh, out there who apparently, I, I shouldn't say that, that's not nice, but it's still, I it was like, I saw somebody had just finished reading the Cimmerillion. Somebody okay. Had somebody reading the Cimmerillion. I'm like, you, you know what? Bravo, but that is that is an undertaking.
2: Listen, good <laughs> for you. Like I said, good I, for you. I've only ever read The Hobbit and the Fellowship trilogy. So right. I
0: think I only played, read The Fellowship, just the first book, period.
2: Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I was about to say, I definitely recommend reading the the, the, the the next two. It actually fills in a lot of, you know, like you, you get to appreciate the story even more because you see what they chose to adapt. Sure. You know, and it's like, all right, that makes sense why they chose to adapt that. You know, like obviously yeah. the big battle uh, of uh, Helm's Deep, you know, you should read how that's written. It's epic. It is epic, and the Battle of Pelennor Fields, you know, which is like the you know like the the lead up going towards um which one call it when the when the Rohirrim charged down um the uh, Pelennor Fields towards uh, Gondor. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really like that. You know, like those are some of the things I I distinctly remember reading and enjoying in the book.
0: Agent Seven show, showing his uh, his his token. Uh, ah, you
2: know. Listen, I am no Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert is, like, you know, ridiculous with that stuff. So, you know, if anybody's a fan of uh, uh, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, he will pull out all sorts of Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm just like, man, dude, I am nowhere close to that. All right. Oops. Last but not least, in terms of last week's uh, kind of – Genre TV that we've been following House of the Dragon episode six. So, this episode titled The Princess and the Queen basically had the big time jump that has been teased from the start. The first five episodes basically had some smaller time jumps to move some relationships along, but this is the big one where we're switching between the younger. Princess character, the the younger actors playing the princesses, into their young adult female uh, uh, actresses, and we have you know we're gonna presume they're in their in their at this point like mid twenties, and you know they both had multiple children you know they start bearing children in 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 the in uh, which call it uh, in King's Landing at a pretty young age, and. Bottom line here is, you know, we get to see a lot of the palace intrigue on a different level now because now there are increasingly active moves towards gaining power because one of the kind of overarching storylines is that the the king that we initially met in the first episode is rapidly... I've said this before on the show and I'll say it again, falling apart with age. So, and I literally mean that he's literally falling apart with age. So that is going to be, that seems to be, you know, one of the driving forces behind the storytelling in this show. Um, You know, there, there's, um, I don't know, Roddy cat, you watched the first, The uh, you watched the original game of Thrones all the way uh, through.
0: No. Okay. I watched like two episodes and that was it.
2: Sometimes that's enough. So yeah. I will say that uh, we now have a, a new little finger, or at least someone pretending to be a new little finger. So we'll see how that goes. But we're getting more and more uh, depth to these characters and more and more depth to the story. And obviously, we're getting tons of dragon action that was obviously promised because this is obviously. Uh, the show's title, House of the Dragon. We're, we're definitely getting a lot of the dragons that were uh, talked about in uh, the first Game of Thrones show and only, you know, uh, told about in the story. We're getting lots of dragon action here in this show. So it's a lot of fun to see. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, you know, I'm enjoying both House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. I you know and and we've we've said it before even Roddy Cat has has mentioned it I'm I'm much more attuned to the Rings of Power show just because I've read the books the House of the Dragon show though I think is a little more it just has a cachet you know that you know Game of Thrones has a cachet with the viewing public and so I think it's definitely a little bit more viewer friendly.
0: At least that's okay. my opinion, right?
2: You know, in terms of just the the storylines and the storytelling, you know, I think well, I think Rings of Power, you know, has lots of high con. Not it's not really high concepts, but you know, the the story, the world of the story is so much
0: bigger, right. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because, yeah, they're coming from two different places if you think about it, though, because, you, you know, House of the Dragon is the prequel to Game of Thrones, which, you know, with small screens and stage cross, small screen. screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord of the Rings is a quote-unquote quote, small screen, screen uh, thing that, you know.
2: is a precursor also, to a big screen thing.
0: Right. basically uh and, and and it's coming off of that and of course you know if you if you're over certain finish you remember the animated ralph bachy bosky uh uh, uh uh joint from the 70s that has nothing to do with this but <laughs> <laughs> just, i don't remember uh, that i never watched that oh you never watched them oh man they're they are they're i don't know if they hold well i'm sure they probably hold up to a certain certain way because obviously those are like 70s things or that that was the 70s because i don't think there was more than one but um, you should watch it. If you ever get a chance to watch, you should watch it. It's probably out there somewhere.
2: Yeah, it's probably available streaming, maybe on YouTube. For all we know,
0: I suppose hell, will probably be on Apple. It's probably on Amazon. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I say that to say that that might have something to do with the re- reception to both of them, and plus Game of Thrones, you know, uh, is newer, right? Uh. In both senses, actually, because you know, the uh, you know, because they came off of George R. 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 book, who you know, came well after uh, the uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Ring books and and the the movies, you know, uh, the the and, and whatnot. So, people have taken into, and plus we're in an age of the internet where people are kind of the it is appointment TV, and people are uh, kind of use that time to talk about it. You know, it's it's a, it's a water cooler moment. Yep. Also, so yep. that's where there's a difference in those two shows, I think. I don't know if that all bears out, but if I... If no, I think that... Yeah, I was about to say, I think
2: you're right. You know, you're right to a certain extent. You know, I think that's just, you know, these are all contributing factors into how they're being received.
0: Right. So. so. But nevertheless, I will I will definitely... I'm going to be catching up with Rings of Power because, like, um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of slightly more in tune with the movies uh, that they're coming off of. Sure. Um, than Game of Thrones... Because I did not uh, sit through all of that.
2: Understood. And
0: I know it's, uh, you mentioned the fact that there's more more dragon action uh, going on here than it was uh, in the original series, and I guess that makes sense because I know people were kind of uh, kind of was like, "Where are the dragons?" And mm-hmm. The dragons didn't happen until like I think late season, late late in, into the run, I guess. Right. For the most part, so I guess they figured, eh? Plus since we we can we could justify it now since it's supposed to be in an age where there were more dragons per capita than than the than, than, uh, than the original series. They could, they could just throw it out there to appease people. So there is that. Anywho, uh you got anything, anything else on that, or is that it? No, that's it. That's it. We can move on to books. Alrighty. <laughs> we're just going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man number 10. Amazing Spider-Man number 10
2: is... I thought we were going to start with uh, AXE Avengers, actually.
0: I'm sorry. You are absolutely right. Well, I just had... I mean, I had um, spider on the brain, but we'll get to that in a second. It's okay. Uh, We're
2: actually kind of following... Yeah, we're kind of following the reading order that's been set, even though we know that it's not 100% uh, foolproof, as we found out last week, right? So yeah. AXE Avengers number one is a one shot. It's written by Kiron Gillen with art by Federico Vicentini. Colors are by Dean White and letters are by VCs Corey Pettit. So again, the focus of all of these AXE judgment tie-in issues have been the judgments of some of the lead Marvel characters, specifically some of the lead Marvel characters in their respective books. In this case, it's judgment of a particular Avenger. It's not really a spoiler. If I just say who it is,
0: it's Iron Man. Yeah, and if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover. Right,
2: because he's on the cover. He's front and center, basically. And it involves... uh, Interestingly, some plays on his MCU origin and his comic book origin, kind of, you know, playing with everyone's expectations as they're being kind of, you know, as as they're kind of describing the the, the Marvel Universe version and and showing some of the visuals from the MCU version. I kind of got a kick out of that.
0: You know, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yes, I saw. I noticed that also. So, but ultimately, that's what this issue is about. But also worth noting, he's not necessarily being judged. I mean, he hasn't got received a judgment yes, he's still they're still in the at this point still in the testing phase, as they say um, as we find out at the end of this book because I thought about that. I was like, yeah, I thought this was going to be his judgment issue, but it actually kind of wasn't unless I missed unless I missed that part. hold on
2: now'm I'm, now I'm clicking through because I thought this was his judgment.
0: I thought so too as I was reading it, but like, but as you find out in the end of the book, it's like, well, that's not necessarily the case.
2: Hold on,
0: and you got to think about when this is being set, also. I think because I think this is uh, no, because no, because judgment. See, that's the confusing part about it because I think this is supposed to be set before the judgment part happened, or somewhere between after the judgment happened, and you know. Hmm. But not.
2: Yeah, maybe I was about to say I it's hard to tell because it does say <laughs> that he passes. So um okay. maybe it's not that right. It does it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's like the, the, the kind of judgment that we're getting
0: from everybody else, but it does at the same time. Hmm. Cause, yeah, because that's all where I he said it was like, no, because basically he was saying at the end, like, hey, we're being tested. So I, w- I did not take that as as he passed, but it must have missed a where it did say that. But again, no, but it also makes sense also that well it was like if he went through that and still passed and
2: Right. Know, yeah, I mean he's being judged but not with the finality.
0: Sense. Right. You know, he's
2: not getting like that final, you know, like you die now judgment, right? Right. That's the way a lot of these judgments have been going, and you know, that's and, and we're about to get to another one in the next book we talk about. Anything else to add yeah. on this?
0: Um, I was just going to mention uh that uh we get a a little bit more on Tony's um I'm going to start possibly calling it a fetish. By the way, he was talking about it here, but his thing with redheads, which yeah. granted, he's not the only one that he's not the North only West. one. Exactly, that has that has this um, particular in- interest. Hello,
2: <laughs> Scott <laughs> Summers, and hello, sometimes Peter Parker. You know
0: exactly. <laughs> so, but but it, it comes up here in an in interesting way in dealing with. Uh, you know, with his testing one, and with uh, another character that is along with him uh, as a sort of progressive. I'm also surprised that Wolverine didn't say anything to that point. So, to that, I don't know if he was in the earshot, but his hearing is probably pretty good. And we did see him in the next panel, so I thought that might have been something. So, uh, otherwise, that yeah, it was interesting to see them blending uh, Tony's uh some inf- referential MCU moments to his uh to his comic book origins. Right. So um whether any of that sticks is because you know comics kinda tends of to slide like that. Or whether this was just like, no, it was all the tests and, you know, it, it didn't mean anything that we will see. But I suspect it all kind of kinda of sticks to to uh and the uh, current events of Iron Man by the way kinda of get brought up um, also right. which was front and center. So, you know, right. So I guess, yeah, we kind of know where this is in that.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, I guess at the end of the day, this sound effect really does apply for this story.
1: Is this a test?
0: So yeah, there it is. So now we can go on to the next book.
2: Alrighty. Our next book is amazing. Spider-Man number 10. It's written by Zeb Wells with art by Nick Drogata or Dragota. Colors by Marcio Meniz and letters by VC's Joe Cara Manya, our favorite lettering paisan. I will let Roddy Cat lead the way on this one.
0: Uh, sorry, I was getting a little time signature there going. Um so yeah, we um we this is basically Peter's slash uh, Spidey's. I actually it was most Peter's, not necessarily Spidey's um. Uh, judgment uh, or testing uh, as we have just seen with um, Tony Stark. Actually, and in the beginning of this, we get a call uh, from Peter to Tony Stark trying to figure out, I mean, uh, asking about the, the events that's going on mm-hmm. um, uh, to which I guess, yeah, Tony kind of gets him up to speed and uh, we get uh, a particular person or a particular um vision of the person following uh, Peter around through this whole day and uh, to to watch him and test him. To which, if you're watching the video version, you can see who the person is, so it's not that big of a, you know, uh, uh, it's a spoiler, but not really a big spoiler if you're watching the video. So, <clears throat> of who it is that has uh, been pulled from his memory for this. The The most amusing thing about this story as i said in my notes it's like uh Zip World's kind of put the pulse pulse of um putting out the pulse of humanity in the in the beginning there uh commentary because we see um you know we see the effects of people trying to basically uh change themselves before judgment or or change their their um you yeah, know change their judging by doing random uh kind acts you know mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature including one jay Jameson, which it was like yep yeah, this makes sense for for him to act the way he is <laughs> for for at the time that is happening right um and um you know as, as we follow peter throughout the day kind of um kind of uh, you know talking with people and, and doing doing his i guess what he would have yeah. What he would have actually probably put off because of an event like this, not to think about it, because you know some of the people who were like, "Well, this stuff is going on," so you know, you know, we're not going to worry about this. But you know, he promised some things to people and and kind of dealing with that and kind of gets in touch with people. You know, of course, uh, that one part with Aunt May was kind of touching at the end of it. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but the real touching part comes at the end of it, which I won't spoil uh, about it. But let's just say Peter gets to have a have a moment uh with someone from his past uh at the end of this or with yeah with um with with uh with the version that shows up of the person in the past I guess again if you're watching the video version you can see who that is and and, um and some things get hashed out we kind of get a little bit of something on that whole situation with uh, Mary Jane, just in that in that situation, but not so much. Just enough to kind of tease us to know what, again, what in the world happened with that situation. Right,
2: right, and it makes sense that you that they would not reveal too much in this, you know, uh, but, issue because it is a crossover, you know, tie-in issue. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still written by the 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 the, the, the regular writer of the book. So, it makes sense. Um, It was nice to see Kamala Khan make a bit more than just a teeny tiny cameo appearance
0: here. She does get to speak. Yeah, still worried about the way that, how how they have her looking, though. Older? Yes. Like, older and still slightly different than the way she looks, like, like the way she looks in other books, probably around the same time, you know? Mm. Because it's not like she's aged that much. Right, she just she just looks. Funny. I think it's just because the person. it's
2: because the hair is up because she's in a professional setting.
0: I thought about that too, but I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more than that. I mean, maybe it's just about something me bumping on, but I don't know. It's just like, um, and it's not like, and not just uh, Nick Dragota's, you know, um, art style. Was like, right. was was ever the um, been the the regular artist on this? It's kind of been like that also.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. I kind of got a, I kind of got a kick out of um, the various characters who are being judged. Yes. During this, you know, during this, uh, during this issue. You know, it's not just yeah. Peter.
0: Right. I, and part of me, as as I was reading this thing, I was like, well, this is not going to go the way you would, you know, this is not going to go well for Peter because of Parker luck, I feel like, because it was like, okay, it seemed like he's doing, you know, begrudgingly doing all this nice stuff that he possibly would have done at some point, but not, but usually when something else comes up, he kind of, you know, skitters away to do Spidey stuff or whatever the case may be. Um so I, I feel like his judgment probably could have still gone the other way and the and the parker luck would have been would it, it would have been blamed for it or something. But um yeah, apparently his his judgment came out alright. Spoiler, but you know, you you still wanna read this if you're if you so care um about that part. But if you don't, hey we say trouble. But it, I would say it is definitely worth the read to get to Near the end, sure. It was a very, very quite touching moment. Oh, it was I very
2: think. emotional,
1: very yeah,
0: emotional. That's with the character. That was like, I was like, damn, that kind of hits you in the feels for real, <laughs> right in the gut feels. Mm hmm. So it was. I, I could, for that respect, it would almost be a particular click of the week. Oh no, that's that's pretty much. For me, what I was telling Rodicat
2: earlier is that everything was downhill after reading this, for me at mm. least. You know, everything, you know, th- there were good reads, but nothing that really stood out for me this week. So, right. um, yeah, this is definitely a, a, a genuine contender for Click of the Week for me.
0: Yeah, so it, it is definitely worth a, a, a read. Usually tie-in issues can go kind of go one way. Like, either they're going to mean something in the direct line of the story or don't mean anything, but... Sometimes pointing it to the character, depending on, you know, how it's tied in. I think this is one of those ones kind of pointing it to the character.
2: Sure. Yeah. And and what we were saying, what 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 I was saying earlier is that, you know, I was kind of poking fun at uh, my frustration with Zeb Wells' story so far. And, you know, the reason why I enjoyed this story is because he's using the storytelling plot device, that's running through the entire, you know, most of through, – through the majority of the Marvel books right now, which is being judged. Right. So it's that – you know, it's that storytelling device that he's using to really, you know, ramp up the feels and the emotions in this issue in this particular part of his, you know, uh, longer arc of his story. And so that's why I enjoyed this, whereas – you know, I, I can't speak for Roddy Katt, but I know that he sometimes echoes my frustrations with Zeb Wells' story so far through the first nine issues of this book. And, you know, and how we, we're still not any, it seems like we're only minimally closer to finding out what actually happened to cause Spidey all this pain and all this, you know, fallout between himself and MJ and the other heroes and other characters that he interacts with. So, right. you know, nine issues in, come on, man, you got to give us a little bit more, you know, are you, Are you, how many trade paperbacks are you going to make people buy?
0: Right, right. Like, you know, we're, we're not saying that, well, I'm not saying that, you should just go ahead and just rush the whole, you know, rush through the whole story and get, you know, get to the end of it. But yeah, you got to give us a little bit more, right?
2: <laughs> right? Because because you know, I mean, and I and I don't mean that lightly when I say. So what, what are people buying when they buy that first trade? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's say the right. first trade is twelve issues. What like what are they getting? Like are, like I'm I'm hoping that at some point in the next two issues we're going to find out.
0: Right. It's kind of one of those things like, OK, you if you're coming in as, as just a fan of, of of Spidey, then you probably don't care one way or another. In that respect, that's that's one thing. But if you do in, actually enjoy the st- story uh, in addition to the character, you kind of might want a little bit more, right. especially with what they give you in that first arc.
2: Exactly. And obviously we're a little bit. Uh, I can speak for myself but uh, again I'm not sure I don't think Roddy Cats going to differ from me too much on this coming off of the most recent run you know with the with the the culmination of that um the, the that, that that Ben Riley story and putting Spidey in a good you know putting Peter and MJ specifically in a good place and then we're here in this awful place right You know, it's it's so jarring. It's like, well, we're nine issues in, we still don't really know that much about what happened, and you know, imagine someone who's trade waiting. That's all I'm. That's all I. That's all I mean. You know, it's like, well, I have the first trade, I still don't really know what happened.
0: Right. Because yeah, exactly. Especially if you're coming, like I just said, you're coming off that last arc and it's like, well, everything's good here, and then you get thrown like knee deep into this right <laughs> not just into it knee deep into this and with no idea of how we got there and we know he's getting into it and we know he's, he's clearly you know they, they've clearly got a plan to get him uh to get him to that point um that, that i'm sure hopes that's going to pay off for him you know like I said, always go into these things that hopeful with with hope that um they're, they're going to pay off nicely but you know just a little bit more would be nice. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And maybe we'll get it in the next issue because I assume because of X was coming and knew they were going to have to do this Titan issue, maybe. And I, I don't know anything about, you know, or, or if anything that's going on with this book or anything, but uh, maybe because of the, they had to kind of pause some things they were doing because of this, because they knew they were going to get to this point. And then they're going to get back to it, you know, in, in the next issue and we will get uh, some more. Right. Right. We'll
2: it was also very interesting to see who was judge- which character represented the celestial judge for Norman Osborn. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So,
0: right, because, um, well, actually, I'm not even going to, but yeah, I guess you could kind of see it as when you're going through it because, I guess if you look at it a certain way, it, it makes some sense. But at the same time, like. You would think it could have been someone else.
2: Oh yeah, I would have thought it was someone else to, to be honest.
0: Right. So, but I guess, given this character's history with both Peter and him, and it, right. it does end up making right. sense. I was about to say you, you
2: just you just well I was about to say you didn't really spoil it, but okay.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, because yeah. they, there's a few different characters that have yeah a between two of them. So exactly, you know. it's, not I mean,
2: it's not Harry. It's not Harry.
0: Right. Uh, he, yeah, he's got his own things going right. on. Actually, yeah, I guess he still does have his own thing going yep. on. After the end of the last he does. Arc, so. He does. All right. Um, but also, at the same time, like the, and, and the last thing I'll say about this, if you're watching the, the video version of this uh, the show and you know anything about any of the characters, you're already pretty much kind of, yeah.
2: So. Anywho. All right. Next up in our reviews, before we transition over to Rapid Fire, is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 42, if that number has any significance for you, it should. Um, you know it. You know if it doesn't have any significance for you, that is, it should. This book is written by Saladin Ahmed, with art by and and, and get ready, folks, art by Carmen Carnero, Paris Ayane, um, Ig Guerra, uh, pencils by Paco Medina, and inks by Walden Wong. Uh, additional art by Alifa E Martinez. Natasha Bustos and Christopher Allen colors on this issue are by David Curiel and letters are by VC's Corey Pettit. So, um, Roddy cat and I were speaking about this just before the show started. And we had talked about Saladin Ahmed wrapping up his run on miles. And it, 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 it took Roddy cat a little bit by surprise. And I th- I just think it's because we've, we haven't gotten as many of these issues, Coming out recently, you know we've we've been dealing with that whole time jump, you know that time travel thing with Shift and with uh, uh, Salim. So uh, I guess it just sort of kind of sprang up on us that Salim Ahmed's run was coming to an end, and this issue serves as a fitting bookend to his story time to to his time on Miles' story. That's right. that's what I have to say. Go ahead, Roddy
0: Right. And because of, if you remember, I was talking about the last issue, at the end of the issue, Miles is back home, and that's it. So, and we kind of, if I'm not mistaken, we kind of expected there to be at least an epilogue or something else to happen, you know, at, when he's just getting home
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, b- b- before, like, this issue would come across. But no, it, that wasn't the case. We was just like, oh, no, he's back home. He's been back home for a minute and, you know, chilling with his people, and, um, yeah, it ends. Yeah, it 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 ends uh, in a it's a, a nice send off for the character. I will say that, because <clears throat> um, halfway halfway through reading this, like an Agent Seven said, was, yeah, I was kind of expecting something a little bit uh, more until I got to a certain point. I was like, oh right, this is the the the, the send off to um, to um, Saladin Ahmed's run. But and it took me by surprise because like, I was kind of expecting just a little bit more, and the fact that you know I figured there would have been at least another issue. But hey, forty-two issues—whether you, know, you think of it in one respect of the number or another—because <laughs> I'm sure there are, there there are are people that's going to take that uh, the reference for that number in a couple of different places. Yep. You know, depending on your uh, your your um, you know, your the, your background, right? Exactly. So. Uh, it is a very significant number, number, one way or the other. Put it that way. So you know, it was a. Our uh, man's run was a great run, uh, and you know, as he said in the back of the book, it's like four years uh, on this book with this character, giving given a good lot to it, and you know, he's had some very solid stories in it. So, and I'm kind of sad, and I know uh, I feel like Agent Agent seventy probably feels the same way about this. I can take that sad to see him go off the book, sure, because he's done such a pretty solid run. Um and there's some apprehension of the uh in, in income creator team, but you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, I think.
2: Uh Roddy Cat may okay. uh um, I'm, I'm the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. We had this conversation before. Right. Roddy like, Cat I, May, I, I, I have a lot of trepidation. Yeah. I have a lot of trepidation, well earned trepidation, I might add. So, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm much more, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely generous for the most part when it comes to giving creators a chance, but they need to have shown me something coming in. And this particular creator has not shown me much thus far. So, but obviously, it, you know, the, 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 the stories had to do with stupid Ben Riley. So, you know, yes, you can only do so much with stupid Ben Riley. I'm sorry, folks. I know there are plenty spider clone
0: fans out there. Yeah. Well, help you. Thank goodness help you. Um, but yeah, that being said, like I said, this, I would, if you're a fan of Miles Morales and you're not already picking up this uh, issue, you don't necessarily need to know what's, uh, what the last arc about, even though it kind of like it, it gets referenced. Right. Um, so and it's still a pretty good read as an outgoing book you know so that's pretty much all i have to say about that yep that's being said we can go on to rapid fire all right let me spin it up i ain't got time to bleed.
2: All right, so we're going to have a little bit of crossover between uh, my books, a little bit of commonality here between my books and Roddy Cat's books. I don't believe he read this one, though, but I think he will, so I'm going to steer very clear of spoilers. Captain America, Symbol of Truth number 5 is written by Tochi Onyabuchi with art by R.B. Silva. And Julian Shaw. Colors are by Jesus Bertov And letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So, um, I'm not going to spoil too much here. But the crux of this issue is a, a, a showdown between T'Challa and one Sam Wilson, Captain America. And I felt like it was... Listen... T'Challa is one of the best fighters in the Marvel Universe here. Mm-hmm. Sam Wilson is not. Um, I thought this was, you know, obviously meant to not show up the star of his own book. But that's, that's, that's the one thing I'll say.
0: Are you saying uh, they were being generous?
2: With yes, 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 yes.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Mm, I kind of figured as much because, yeah, even when knowing knowing that this was going to happen, if they were going to go along with, you know, a, a confrontational fight, which I guess technically is to be second to uh, 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 the second fight with a Captain America. So there you go.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, listen, you know, like we know one thing is going to go down when when, when it's Steve. But we kind of have an idea what's going to go down if it's Sam. So but at the end of the day, you know, it's the, the story is, you know, has obvious parallels to real world issues. Um, we do follow up on um, the, the, the current Falcons uh, story as well. You know, they are being told, in, you know, his, his and Sam's stories were being told in parallel as they kind of pursued two different aspects of that vibranium smuggling shipment story. So, you know, we'll see how that go how that moves forward, especially with the the antagonist of the story being revealed to, you know, being basically revealed to both of them in this issue. Uh, next up is shang Shi and the Ten Rings number three. So we both have this in common. It's written by Jean Luan Yang with art by Marcus Toe, colors by Eric Arseniega, and letters by VC's Travis Lanham. So it's interesting that I just started uh, the television uh, drama Killing Eve this week because it is centered on British intelligence. And, you know, another way of telling a British intelligence story, you know, not aside from James Bond. Right. And Shang-Chi for almost the entire character's history has had very close ties with British intelligence because he originally started out working as an operative for British intelligence. Or at least, you know, not originally starting out, but definitely became uh, an operative of British intelligence and worked with several members of British intelligence during his comic book history. It turns out, in the last issue, British intelligence screwed Shang-Chi over they totally played him. And we get to see some of the ramifications of that in this issue. We also have some callbacks to Arthurian legend. So, uh, I will let Roddy cat, uh, comment on this book.
0: Um, yeah, there's not much else to, to say about that. You pretty much summed it up pretty, pretty, uh, neatly. Yeah. There, there's not much of, uh, Shang-Chi's, uh, early history that that i'm that familiar with like this part i kind of knew about you know in bits and pieces that of his work with the british intelligence in fact i guess that kind of did still go on into later uh later runs even i guess even when he did, uh was with the avengers now that i think about it because i feel like that kind of got brought up um but yeah, so like you just said, he got kind of screwed over here, and he he uh, he wants his uh, stuff back. Um, the whole thing with, you know, we I guess we don't really get into fully why they did. I mean, we know why they did uh, why they took it. We don't get the full reason that I'm looking unless I missed something when I skimmed uh, when I skimmed the issue. Um it was one of the last books I read. But I guess we'll that, that'll be something that'll come out. Also, I one would say there's a Lord of the Rings reference in here also if you if you <laughs> if you if you take a certain uh uh section of the book uh into in counts, But there is that. So yeah, it, it is what it is. Where where um, um Mr. Yang is going with this uh with this book, I don't know. And that's kinda was kind of I guess that's where I'm at with him. I'm like, okay, so we know people are going to be after the ten I mean, rings. He's pretty much out here in the the Marvel universe, and people want the rings. To what end, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, and where is he going to take it? And is there going to be some confrontation with some members of the former, you know? I, I don't know. Somebody dealing with the, the 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 former owner of subsequent other rings in the uh, Marvel Universe that are not these particular ones. Right. So, probably that has nothing to do with anything, but, you know, there is another uh, movie coming that I, I feel like that's, they're, they're, they're trying to lean towards. You think so? And I don't know that for certain. I feel like in a way, because it's already, this book has already shown it's kind of been MCU a uh, if, if I, because of the fact that He's now has the ten rings, which he got in front of movies. Right. Uh, we don't know whether the, the the next movie is going to go, but we do know some things about uh, at least a character is going to show up. Uh, uh, you know whether any other characters get reintroduced or get in, introduced and or how they play a part. You know, uh, in it we don't know, but I feel like that's. In some small way, might be. I, I don't know that for certain, because like, that, that movie's a ways off, and I can't imagine they have much on that movie to to be able to put into the comics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless this is going to feed into that because of that, you know? Right. So, either way, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about Shang-Chi.
2: All right, cool. Next up is Thor, number 27. The plot for this issue is from Al Ewing and Donnie Cates, and you'll see why in a second. The script is by Al Ewing. The guest artist on this issue is Salvador La Roca um, The guest colorist is Edgar Delgado, who is a frequent collaborator with Sal La Roca And the letters are by VCs Joe Sabino. So this issue, and it's not a spoiler here because it's right there on the cover. Uh, the King in Black, the original OG Venom, makes an appearance in this issue. And... Interestingly enough, it comes about as Thor is dealing with the fallout from that whole banner of war crossover with the Incredible Hulk. And so uh, we have an old Thor villain come back as the result of a miscast spell from Loki. And what comes with that old Thor villain is basically a Clintar symbiote, which is where Venom comes into play. So, bottom line here is this is a nice little crossover between characters that really haven't crossed paths that much. So, makes sense that Al Ewing and Donny Cates would collaborate on this plot.
0: And, well... Okay, I was about to because when I saw it, when I saw that in your credits, something like it didn't make any sense to me because I don't remember Al Ewing writing either one of these characters, unless he did it for King. Well, no, because King of Black was Danny Casey's joint, right? Uh yep. Yeah. So anyway, is that is that Venom actually Eddie Brock? I yep. know this might be might be possible. That's okay. why I said OG. Right, right, but the because I read the um. I read the thing on comic views on I mean on uh, previews on it so I was like, Well wait, I thought he was dead after uh King and Black.
2: No, no, no. That's a, when you look at the new Venom, you see that there's two parallel stories being told.
0: Oh Right, okay. right, right, right.
2: Neither of us are really reading it, but I know I right. flipped through I, I flipped through I think the free comic book day book and I think that showed it, you know, right away. Interesting. Okay. And last but not least, I don't know if you read this, Uh, I didn't scroll down to it, X-Men number 15?
0: No, I didn't.
2: All right, X-Men number 15 is written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Joshua Kassara, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I won't spoil it because I have a feeling Roddy Cat will take a look at this book. I will just say that, one, it's a continuation, and I told Roddy Cat this already, it's a continuation of previous X-Men storylines, so... We kind of have an idea that whatever change is going to happen as the result of Judgment Day AXE is an illusion of change because we are back to, you know, X-Men storytelling at, at its finest here in X-Men number 15. And we are picking up on a storyline that just seems to want to keep going. And that is the children of, oh my God, what the, oh the vault. Children. Yes, the vault. I was about to say I'm like not the children of the door. It's it's related. You know, you know what I mean? I'm like, "Wait, what's the what's the, what's the term? Is the children of the vault storyline which does not want to go away." Uh, you know, right. like since um this is that's actually pre hox Pox. Is it? I think kind or of oh, was I, that early Hawks Pox?
0: I think it was early hoxpox. Okay. If not, yeah. It was definitely before they they switched to Arc uh the but yeah, I think it was early on because they because it was one of those things like they they brought it up and they had a couple of issues uh, uh, with it and then they I think they dropped it after that. It was like okay, they they seem like there's something they they're going to come back to and I guess this is that.
2: Right. I mean, I'm checking on this now, but I have a feeling that the Children of the Vault is you know uh, pre-exist Hoxbox, but I could be wrong. Oh no, the they I think. Oh, they do.
1: Yeah. X Men I mean, Volume Two that's Number
2: One Eighty Eight. Right, but the
0: but the story they're picking up on with this.
2: Right, right, but the Children yeah. of the Vault, the concept dates all the way back to September of two thousand six. So right. that's why it's that's why to me it goes so far back. But as right. as Roddy Cat said correctly, that the story the storyline that they are picking up on here is a recent one. But the concept of this Children of the Vault stuff goes back a long way. Right. So, but basically that storyline has decided to rear its head again in the pages of X-Men. So, as I said, Roddy Cat will be reading this. No further spoilers.
0: Yeah. I guess that's it
2: for you. Yeah, that is it for me.
0: Take it away. All righty then. We start off with... You knew it was going to come back, folks. Batman Beyond the White Knight, uh, number five is my book. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get the cover story. There we go. Um let's see. Script and art by Sean Murphy, uh Colors by Dave Stewart, and Letters by And World Design. This is a particular click of the week for me because I've been uh, um, I've already been enjoying this because I, I love the um the, the Murphy verse as it's uh, uh <laughs> being called uh, of Batman. So if you've been keeping up and you probably haven't uh at this point, and I guess I shouldn't spoil too much, but nevertheless, let's just say there is a interesting team up between uh Bruce Wayne and one Jack Napier joker who was the joker in this uh universe mind you uh so Jack Napier is supposed to be dead in this universe, but yet he's still uh, floating around in Bruce Wayne's mind, some kind of way. Um, So, I'm not, they still haven't really explained that part and how, or unless I missed something, but I don't think so. They haven't really explained how that is the case. Um, But it is, this is where we are right now. But, and the reason why it kind of sticks to me like it does is because, like, jack is doing some stuff in here that's like well wait if he's uh pretty much in bruce's mind he should not be doing some of the things that he's able to do but it also lends itself to saying that okay there's something else going on here that uh that we're not seeing but it's pretty much telling on itself let's put it that way um uh but anyway, uh the beyond the, the white knight story, if you are um if you know your batman lore, yes it is have something to do with batman beyond because uh, Terry McGinnis is in this and that's and that batman suit. Uh it doesn't necessarily play the way J- Justice League uh and the, the Batman uh beyond animated series. Uh would have you go because they're they're kind of playing with some things uh here and there in um with with it but um definitely terry's involved the suit's involved let's just say there's uh some truth that comes out in the course of this particular issue and a very touching moment between napier and uh harley at the end of this although it's sl- slightly one-sided uh in a way you had to read the issue to to find that out. But there's also some lovely references to uh other versions of Batman which uh come in the form of the Batmobiles, uh including one uh potential uh one one joke from from Napier about the use of one particular one over <laughs> the others. Uh, that was in there, so that was pretty good. Like I said, if you uh, have not checked, if you're a fan, fan, a fan of Batman, if you've not checked out the Murphy Ferris books, you should because they Now, granted, you have to go back a couple of miniseries, but you know, um, I think they're probably better than the Prime stuff. Granted, I haven't been reading the Prime stuff, so I don't know. But I, I've been enjoying this uh, this line in itself. Next up is actually a new book. <clears throat> Flawed number one from Image Comics is actually one of six. Six, um, And the creative team is Chuck Brown, uh, who is the co-writer of Bitter Root. Uh, art by Prenzy, who I don't, I, I'm I not familiar with. And Letters by Becca Carey. Um, again, this is a, it's an image book and it's a miniseries. So stop me if you heard this one. Psychiatrist by day, mass vigilante at night. Hmm. Some would say Punisher-ish. Um, in in almost every sense of the word. Um. Pick, oh, so we got a comment in the chat from uh, Benji Games 2 Says, uh picked this one up today. Haven't read it yet." So, okay, cool, cool. So, I won't spoil too much about it. So, I won't. I won't say it As a Matter of fact, I probably won't say too much more than just that. Um. Uh, but yes, we we get introduced to Doctor Doctor Jim uh, Ez who is the main character of the book, and we also get introduced to a couple of other uh, folks, including what looks to be the the antagonist that she's going to be dealing with in this miniseries. I I, I safely say that I enjoyed it. There, there was some, I guess, lettering and art, uh, probably lettering uh, more more so than the art. The art was not bad, but there was a couple of spots where the, the, the lettering and art kind of inflicted uh, kind of made it slightly hard to read the way I was reading it, but maybe in uh, in a physical form, it, it probably looks a little bit better. But um, I think if anything that I said about this book uh, intrigues you, I think it's worth a, a pickup. I will say that much. So uh, next book is Tim Drake, Robin, number one. So yeah, they gave Tim Drake his own book, which we knew because we had been talking about this, Uh I think, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Um, script by Megan Fitzgerald, art by Riley Rossmo, colors by Lex Luffridge, and letters by Tom uh, Napolta, uh, Napolitano. Excuse me. So I guess I should say right here and now, um, Riley Rossmo is the artist of the current um, Harley Quinn book. Our style works there for me, and granted, I haven't been reading too much, but I I have seen it. It doesn't quite work for me here. Not saying it's not good, but it's just I don't know. There's something about it that's just kind of distracting in, in this particular book for me. But um, we see basically Tim Drake strike on his own. I guess he he had uh, left Wayne Manor or whatever the case may be, and got his own place and uh he gets into i'm not sure actually where he is i'm not sure if he's in gotham or someplace else uh but he's um you know got got his own place got some new neighbors apparently there's a um a character from we are robin that shows up in here that's helping him out uh, and um but i didn't read we are robin so i don't know too much about that character um uh and he's already got a uh an antagonist that we don't get to see that apparently may have come from that DC Pride uh book story uh, excuse me story that uh, of his so if you read that you may going into this which you probably might want to do you'll have some a little more idea of what's going on in this book i did not read that so i don't know um but luckily they did reference the fact they didn't they did footnote the fact that it comes came from that some some things came from that book so there was that but overall that outside of the slight distractions with the art um it was intriguing enough for me to say that i will probably see what's going on with the next issue uh let's see and my last book is ant man number three of four um, and it's actually speaking of Al Ewing is written by Al Ewing and art by Tom Riley colors by Jody Belair and letters by uh VC's Corey Pettit. Oh wait, no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, actually I am right. I'm, I thought I completed two the different ones, but I was right. So this one has to do with uh, Scott Lang, who's the current at man. Um, and another character, that i did not know that totally much about in the name of black ant i've seen him in places but i did not know what the deal is with the black ant apparently black ant is possibly a android robot whatever that was made in the like uh in the likeness of another ant man erica grady but worse uh this kind of touches on that just a little bit and i didn't i wasn't aware of that Uh, but the story revolves around Scott and Cassie Lang uh, aka Stature I think think she's she's going by Stinger now excuse me Um, having to transport and deal with uh, uh, I might as well say it uh, Hank Tron aka the Ultron that uh, melted itself with uh, Hank Pym which we hadn't seen in a minute and i Mm -hmm wasn't sure what what happened to him after a certain point um after it went out in space but apparently it must have had one more run in with some uh with some um heroes of ours because we see in the beginning of this that he had been dealt with and put into certain thing and now they needed to figure out what to do with him almost weirdly enough like uh planet hulk but not really There, there's a Slightly similar plan that the, 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 uh, a couple of heroes kind of, uh, come up with and they need Ant-Man's, uh, Scott Lane's help with, but then something happens and it's all left to Scott and uh, Cassie. Uh, and uh, all the while we still have this other future Ant-Man running around and who shows up here and there in this book. And we even see at the end of this, why potentially he's, uh, running around trying to gather all these other ant Men up. And it has to do with a character that is in this issue uh, that, I, that I have mentioned. Or at least a version of uh, a character that, that comes up in this. Again, this is part three or four, so the, the, uh, the end of this book is coming uh, with the next issue. I'm curious to see where this ends, or uh, how this is going to end. I've been doing it so far, though. That, folks, is it for me. The Clicks of the Week. Clicks of the Week! Uh, And we did get one, as I type something in here real quick, so apologies, folks. Uh, Dirt gave us his uh, Click of the Week, which was a book that I was slightly curious about reading, but haven't and probably won't. I don't know. Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, number one, which I believe is that Bruce Campbell book. Am am I right about
2: that? I'm pretty sure. If it's it's Army of the Dead, then yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's co-written by Bruce Campbell, cause I, but I can't remember. And uh, did he say anything else about that outside of Monsters no. Club? Oh, okay.
2: No, but I'm not surprised, given uh, PCN underscore Dirt's taste in uh, yeah. movies. It, it's not a surprise that that would yeah. be uh, appealing to him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, it did not surprise me either. So as I'm going to put up the, I know I have the stupid thing. Where is it? The cover, yeah. Well, maybe I don't. Weird. Huh. All right? I thought I had the cover, but I guess I don't. That's weird. That's okay. Either way, take our word for it. It's <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, <laughs> there is a cover for this book. I just don't know where uh, where it is.
2: That's okay.
0: So it is yeah
2: I wanted to give a quick shout out to I know I, I was gonna say Tim Dog 98 did not have a click of the week this week so I did not want right. to fail to mention um, our other absentee co-host but I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, a couple of the uh, larger uh, books that we did not talk about this week. Uh, specifically one is the IDW McFarlane Spider-Man artist edition which i flipped through and looks phenomenal we you know we, we you know i looked through our, our review copy it looks phenomenal i i'm definitely going to have that on my list of things to buy in the near future and the other one is a trade paperback of it's like a a collection of the rise of serpentor comics from the oh, marvel yeah. GI <laughs> Joe run obviously all written by Larry Hama so oh. I flipped through that, and the very first issue that's in that collection is, you know, the the phenomenal GI Joe Yearbook number three. The very first story that is, you know, with the October Guard, with art by Michael Golden, you know, which we which we just talked about, like you know, the other week, like a few weeks ago. I also yep. wanted to mention that they highlight a bunch of issues that have some phenomenal Mike Zeck covers. Like, I actually bought those books just based on the covers. You know, like I wasn't necessarily in tune with the G.I. Joe story at the time. I think it was like late elementary school. But, you know, and I was probably phasing out of getting the toys at that point. But ultimately, those covers were killer. Like seriously, like Mike Zek had some incredible G.I. Joe covers back in the day. So I, I, I would recommend people look those up. If you can get them in the back issue bin, good luck. Those are some great looking comics. The interiors, you know, it's a little tougher, but the covers are phenomenal. If you can, if you ever find Mike Zeck at a, a comic con, he often has prints of those covers. I've got a bunch of them um, for sale, and they are incredible. Nice. Um, I will jump on. Uh, I, will, I will. I will get. You know, after all, saying all that, I'm going to quickly just say that my click of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number ten. I talked about it before. It was really the one book that stood out to me this week. It was so emotional. Um, yeah. you know, even I got a little misty-eyed reading that that, you know, the, the the next to last part when Peter's getting judged and like kind of justifying some of his recent actions. So, at the end at, you know, at the end of the day, I thought that was a pretty strong book and I still think it's because Zeb Wells ha- is, was using the storytelling trope of being judged because most of the time I'm very frustrated with his story, his Spider-Man story. So I will um, conclude my uh, pick by saying
0: that. Go ahead. Right. So we got a couple of comments or got a question in the comment in the chat before we go on to one, because I'm still kind of actually thinking about the So this is good. Um <clears throat> Uh, Benji Games Chusa so asks, uh, "Did you guys pick up the TMNT, the Armageddon game? Did not pick it up, but we do have a review copy of it. And I said I was going to check it out, but I didn't get a chance to before. Um, but before the the show,
2: that's a video game, right?
0: No, no, no. It's a it's a um, it's a new. I think it's a new limited series. Uh, um, uh, basically, because we talked about it on the show before. It's basically um, Shredder's." Leading the turtles now, and there's some things going on, and it's like the- oh, it's
2: <laughs> out today. Okay,
0: right. Oh, yesterday yeah. that is. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but no, I haven't had the chance to read it because I was looking at uh, well, I was looking at for the when when I was looking at covers, and I saw that out there, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna get around to it, but I never did. So I know we uh, talked it, about it. Was, I know we talked about yes, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Benji games 2 Also says uh, old dog was a good read, which that's yeah. that was the, the number one of that came out this week as well, but um. I don't think either one. Uh, no one has read that on the. Uh, um, none of the, the the hosts read that. I'm fairly certain because no one's mentioned it. So no. I might check that one out, but I wasn't like when I was looking at it, I was like, I'm not sure if I was gonna if that was something I would care that much about. Mm-hmm. But it, the 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 cover seemed interesting.
2: It's something I, to look into. You know, we de- we generally do try to read uh number one issues. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for that, you know, thanks for that, uh, that, those recommendations and, you know, we'll try to, uh, get up on those this week.
0: Yeah. Um, actually speaking of another book, so really, really quick before we go on and I get mine, uh, Blood Syndicator came out, uh, number five came out this week and I, uh, I've been meaning to catch up on that and I'm also, and, um, Deathstroke came out, uh, those are, those two, two books I'm into to check out, Deathstroke Inc. because of that whole year one, um, Storyline that's going on. It's been pretty good so far. And also, I guess this does count as a big book. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 100 came out this week. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, it's uh, so, yeah, they had this whole um, charge to 100 storyline, and I believe this is the last book of the writer Ryan Parrott uh, the, before I guess they, they changed creative teams and go uh, in a new direction. So um, there is that. Power Rangers uh, line—I've been meaning to catch back up on also since that uh, since the first run, but I did—but uh, I have not yet because like they've they've been double double books and whatnot. That being said, uh, I was just going to add that
2: that old dog uh, from Image is uh, creator owned by Declan Shalvey, so I'm yes. going gonna, gonna to take a look at that.
0: Yeah, because you know, you know we, we like we say, say we like uh, his work with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Strange Academy and and other stuff. You know. Yeah, he's
2: the, he did Moon Knight. Um, no,
0: Moon Knight. Uh, not not um not that's uh, right.
2: He did. Uh, you know, Declan Shalvey did art on Moon Knight. You know, that's where he really stood out to us. And he's done right. some other, you know, for hire, you know, work for hire stuff. But th- it's nice that uh, he's got something creator owned out in our, our, out right now
0: well i mean technically he's got two because time before time is also his he's oh okay with, with somebody yeah and i've been reading that book and gotcha I've been, I've been cool yeah. so uh oh benji games too also says he picked up uh mnpr 100 next in line to read the uh, read to him for for them excuse me i don't know you your or female, so apologies um that being said for my click of the week was actually pretty good but i think i'm actually going to go with and i did enjoy uh amazing spider man uh number 10 also but i think i'm going to go with batman beyond and the white knight number five
2: okay i've
0: like been enjoying the the stuff from the Murphyverse verse and uh this was a really good issue i think so which i think i probably said that about pretty much most of them yeah <laughs> pretty much So, you know, that's that's not saying that much for me, but I enjoy it. That being said, we are going to push on to the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron,
2: fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news.
0: Oh, I got to fix your camera. What happened? First we get into the cinematic news like we do every week about this time. Uh first up, some sad news. Uh adult swim classics will be removed from HBO Max soon. So, yeah, if you've been with us um for the last few weeks, you know, you know the uh, the ongoing saga of um uh Warner Brothers and HBO Max um and all and everything that's going on with that yeah so this is another thing that's going on so apparently um uh with everything else that's going on i think they had a section for like a classic adult swim stuff um and that's going away like stuff like laser wolf and looks like take tone i've never heard of that one but i have heard of laser wolf uh amongst Amongst the other stuff that's already been, um, uh, taken out of, uh, from the service, including apparently a bunch of episodes of, um, uh, Sesame Street for some stupid reason. I'm like, why, why Sesame Street gotta get the X? (laughs) That's crazy. But, um, yeah, so there's, there's, um, there's that, um, let me see, it says here that, um, not sure what else may be on the chopping block. Um, and I guess classic is in the sense of whoever wrote this article, because like I said, both of those, when I think of Adult Swim, I don't necessarily think of those. But then again, I'm a little older than the uh, the Adult Swim crowd uh, at, at large. So you know, I was about to stuff, say, so am I. Yeah. So some of that stuff that kind of came later on that, that were uniquely Adult Swim stuff, it's kind of a little beyond me. Yep. (laughs) Yep. 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 Outside of the earlier er, earlier offices uh, uh, um, offerings, like I would imagine, Loiter Squad probably is probably going to get on the block. That's probably the last one that I knew of. So, either way, next up. Next
2: up, DC's Dead Boy Detective still has life at HBO Max, and it has found its latest star. A report from Variety revealed that the series has cast the White Lotus and Euphoria's Lucas Gage in the recurring role of the Cat King, described as a charming trickster and itinerant cat spirit who takes keen interest in Edwin. Okay, so this role was previously held by Alexander Calvert in the latest instance of the series recasting. So this series was announced to be in the works last year. After different incarnations of the character were showcased on a season three episode of Doom Patrol, I haven't watched that in ages. The characters He's... originally debuted with the pages within the pages of the Sandman, and were created by Neil Gaiman and Matt Wagner, which all you know, which still leads me to a big collective, at least about DC's Dead Boy Detectives.
0: Who? Yes, same here. Uh, next up, though, speaking of Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol season four uh, has a first look and welcomes a uh, a new character to the show, apparently. Uh, Casey Brink, who is aka Space Case. I do not know much about, um, uh, uh, uh Doom Patrol's characters outside of the, the, the initial folks, and even then, I don't know too much about them, so, um, but apparently, yes, they, they are introducing uh, Space Case to the show. And it's not just going to be um, um, like a, a cameo appearance. Apparently, they're going to be a part of the show. And according to the showrunner, Jeremy Carver says, uh, we finally found a way to bring her into the story in a way that feels wholly organic to us. Even though to someone who's never seen Doom Patrol, it might seem like a little bit bleeping sane. To us, it fits perfectly, and it's not just a camera cameo. So, there you go. Next,
2: all right. Batgirl star Leslie Grace shares some amazing behind-the-scenes montage. Uh, uh, f- so, in, in a TikTok video, so she shared a TikTok video set to Evergreen's "You Didn't Deserve Me at All." Um, where she showed 15 seconds worth of training montages and other behind-the-scenes looks of the never-to-be-seen movie, apparently.
0: Yeah. This, yeah. Bad, sad state of affairs in that whole situation. Won't even talk about the Ezra Miller situation. We've talked about that a good bit, in it, but there's still, there are some things apparently going on with that. But moving right along, speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is being sued for lying about inflating their HBO subscriber numbers. Nice. Yeah. And this was pre-merger, uh, apparently. Um, so according to a report from The Rapt, a lawsuit on behalf of the Collinsville Police Pension Board, a shareholder of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, was filed uh, alleging the streamer exaggerated the uh, HBO Max's subscriber numbers by approximately 10 million, um, according to the lawsuit. one of media falsified uh, the subscriber number by "quote unquote" by including as subscribers AT and T customers who had received bundles uh, ac- bundled access to HBO Max but had not signed onto the service. Because I was about to say, I think I'm one of those people, but I did ended up actually signing on to it when i found that i had that access um i was about to say i didn't think that was going to be a a inflation but i guess i could see where it is because if they have it and not signing up to it and you're saying this one thing then yeah that's a that's a thing anyway it also states that hundreds of thousands of people could join the lawsuit due to a large number of um warner brothers discovery shares that exist so yeah more more bad news uh coming out of uh Warner Brothers Discovery. Next up. Next up, and
2: of course this particular article falls to the attorney in uh you know <laughs> the uh the attorney co host. So Disney has lost its bid to dismiss the Muppet Babies reboot copyright suit. And I'm going to cut to the chase here. The bottom line here is that Disney was trying to dismiss a copyright uh, infringement suit brought by uh, one of the screenwriters of the original series. Basically, uh, uh, the screenwriter, Jeffrey Scott, claimed that Disney in the 2018 reboot of Muppet Babies was infringing on some of the original concepts that he came up with it for the uh the uh, OG muppet babies without giving him you know without credit or payment to him and bottom line here is that's uh no bueno no good that's a big fat nope because at the end of the day they tried to you know they tried to skirt around it by you know basically saying that this is a you know this is a reboot one uh what they what what he's basically what this writer is basically Uh, suing on is the character that was essentially created out of whole sock cloth and that's a big hint as to which character I'm referring to uh, for the Muppet Baby show and and wasn't uh, one of the original Henson characters right which is you know obviously not something that he would have any sort of claim to you know those characters are not part of his claim it's more the nanny character there it is I gave it away but bottom line here is um the case is still early in its uh, proceedings. Uh, obviously, you can bring a motion to dismiss at any time, but ultimately, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, still going to be an ongoing thing for a little while.
0: Yeah. Uh, if we hear any more about it, sure, we'll bring it up. So I, I've read this article and I was like, Obviously, if you know Muppet Babies, then hey, you know the character of Nanny. That's that's one thing. But but they took time to mention here that the about the the socks changing mm-hmm. <laughs> Changing patterns episode. I'm saying like, is that a big deal? But I mean, obviously, it doesn't really take much to kind of you know be able to 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 sue off of. But that and that was just what they used in the I guess an example they used in the, in the beginning of this article is it's much more than that. But I just find that part kind of funny. Um. Either way, Werewolf by Night. Uh. Th- um. Uh, well, apparently, Marvel Studios thought that Werewolf by Night special would receive a TVMA rating because it's uh, hard um and still not out yet, which. Brings to mind another article I saw, but that I didn't bring up. It's kind of bully. Um, but anyway, according to Werewolf by Night helmer Michael um, Giacchino, he and executives always thought the the one shot would get a get a more mature rating compared to the typical uh, TV fourteen Marvel fare. "Quote: uh, We always assumed that would be TV MA, but I wasn't always involved with what was happening on the on that end of the terms of ratings and all and all of that." Um, he said, with an interview, He says also says that I am so, and so I'm not so sure. But I am sure that you are absolutely right. That the black and white did uh, help keep us within a certain range. I guess that's I guess that was with uh, something that was asked within the article.
2: When is um, Werewolf by Night dropping?
0: Is that next week or in the week uh, after? Say, uh, actually, yes. Uh, October seventh is when that drops. And there's always, and it's already been rated apparently, because I mean, critics got a hold of it, so that's why. Yeah,
2: so it's going to be out next week, folks. You know, co- yeah. basically coinciding with the start of New York Comic Con next week. So I won't be at uh, Thursday, so we will be broadcasting next week. But um, you know, look forward to us t- to, to us talking about New York Comic Con news the week after.
0: And werewolf by night, if we if either one of us watches it, because it comes out the day after we record, unless for some reason we end up recording. Uh, not well, for
2: I was about to say not for that week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh? So
2: I was about to say I don't know if we if we'd be delaying it for that week because I don't have I I won't be no, going no, no, to. I'm Comic just saying Con. if something
0: come up. I see. You know. Because you know, it it has happened. It does.
2: Listen, gremlins do pop up, folks. They do pop up. So Brody Cat is correct in that regard. All right. (laughs) Next up, new Black Panther, Wakanda Forever images spotlight Namor's impressive costume. I mean, we've seen a lot of them. I've seen some toys that where he has like this head, this headdress that pops open. You know, to reveal his head. (laughs) You know, in the in toy form. So bottom line is the, the you know the, the images show the images here show uh Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda, Leticia Wright as Princess Shuri, and Neymar. And um you know that's fine. You know what's funny about what's funny about that, remember that controversy with um, Mike Diodato?
0: Yeah, we were right? talking about last week. Yeah.
2: Exactly. So it's pretty interesting that uh that Tena Cuerta uh, is pretty, you know, ripped up front, but he definitely, I think, should have focused a little bit on his, on his back. And so I feel bad, like, kind of jumping on that train, you know, because he looks pretty cut from the front. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's just a shame, right?
0: Oh, man. You yeah. Know? if you, if, yeah, you definitely, if you, uh, check this out last week, it was, um, we, we talked about that whole thing.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to say, over the last two, two, three weeks, I think, you know, like it's popped up here and there. So, yeah. you know, like the original tweet or the original Insta post, I think we talked about because I saw it when it first came out, when you first right. put it up. So, right. All so right. Next up. Next though, up.
0: Um, the Marvel's director of, yeah, excuse me, the Marvel's director uh, confirmed the comic book power Monica Rambo won't have. Which is weird because like you hear you hear the marvels and uh, you've one you think about the book and two you i guess some you could say it's captain marvel's the marvel but it's, that's not the title of the the movie either way um nia DaCosta who's directing the movie uh starring tiana paris and of course brie larson and of course uh, um, iman villani um as uh, carol danvers and kamala khan respectively uh, shared her excitement about building on the MCU's version of Monica in an interview at uh, D23. Um, that's a little, I don't know how they got this uh, here, but we're not going to talk about that. While the two um, other, excuse me, while the other two leads' uh, superpowers have been firmly established on screen, Monica's abilities haven't yet. Which is true because we only saw a little glimpse at the end of uh, uh, *WandaVision*, so we don't necessarily know the full extent of, of what she's going to have. But anyway, uh, it says here that um, it uh, they basically have room to get creative with their powers, and I'm I'm hoping not too creative. And I think I did see like a, a blurb saying that she's basically, if you if you are of a certain vintage, you remember when she was leading the Avengers and what happened at the end of her run when she almost died, um, and in the way that she almost died. Basically, they're not doing that. Sounds like so that's great because i did not want to see that again um but it says here that the Costa went on to specify of what uh, what went into determining uh, monica's power set uh, with the quote here says uh, with monica we really got to talk about which of her thousands of powers uh, in the comics and that's well, not, uh, not much it's not really but do we want to make canon in the mcu So, you know, there's a part in the comics where she realizes she's immortal, which I think that's more of a recent thing. And she freaks out. I don't remember this. Well, so this was I want to say that is more of that was kind of established in um, uh, the Ultimates. uh, Al Yun's run of the Ultimates. Okay. Yeah. Um, And this next part. Is talking about that Avengers run that I just mentioned. Where so basically it's like there's a part in the comments where she realizes she, she's a mortal and she freaks out, uh, and then she goes intangible in water and her atoms scatter across the ocean. Unless that happened in uh, Ultimate, but I don't remember that happened. But I do remember that it happened in, when she did when that in that Avengers run because she was trying to take down uh, Namorita, or Namora, excuse me, whatever. Uh, and that takes her life forever to put herself back together. Yeah, that was definitely the that Avengers run, that part. Because like she got when they finally found her, she was like old and withered, and you know, lost a lot of mass and stuff like that. I remember that one right well because I was mad about that because that's when Doctor Druid took took over leading the team. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I know. Like that's how I remember that because he was a you know we're not gonna talk about that because I, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this beach and he got what he wanted uh, yeah. uh, until whatever happened to him happened to him, which I do slightly remember. All right, next up, it was Nebula of all Uh-oh. people, by the way. So, anyway, next up.
2: Next up, in some of the biggest news that came out this past week, Deadpool will join the Marvel Cinematic Universe on September 6th, 2024, in an announcement uh, made by Ryan Reynolds on his personal Twitter account, which had a video with him on a sofa telling fans he was extremely sad about missing D23, where there was no Deadpool 3 announcement. But then he shared that, uh, you know... Uh, He, you know, was working on some stuff and then Hugh Jackman comes through and uh, he he asks Hugh Jackman, hey, would you want to play Wolverine again? And Jackman appears briefly and says, sure, while he's going up the stairs. So, (laughs) right. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Internet broke a little bit when this announcement came out. Everyone was posting about it happy i don't really care i cannot wait for them to recast wolverine with somebody shorter stouter and more surly but that's just me you know i know listen i know there's tons there's tons of the women's that love and maybe some of the men's i'm talking about you know I, i i i i'm specifically uh 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 recalling some uh Some uh, some some language from a particular review show. um, Okay.
1: Hated it.
2: Right. That love Hugh Jackman, period. Right. They just love Hugh Jackman. They don't have any sort of connections to the comic books. So I was always off put by him being too tall. It just didn't seem right. It just looked wrong to me. I know people got over it because you know it was you know it was a uh, a good you Absolutely know good. performance. Right? They did the best with what they had, but right. the X Men movies as a whole were just very disappointing to me. So well, they were disappointing just in
0: general. But <laughs> right, <laughs> that's neither, you know, that's neither, you know I
2: know a lot of the people. I was just going to say a lot of the people who are fans of Hugh Jackman just look at me and they go, "Cry me a river." <laughs>
0: well done. You was going to find a way to put you <laughs> <that> in. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, apparently, uh, Benji Games 2 also agrees with you uh, about uh, the the uh, the Hugh Jackman stuff. Um, and he also says, let's go Deadpool 3. like y'all. If, so, folks that don't know, and Agent 70 knows this well, so uh, what I'm about to say is no surprise to me. I don't care that much about Deadpool. Right. I like the first movie. Don't get me wrong. I didn't watch the second one, but Deadpool as a whole... And as a matter of fact, Ryan Reynolds don't really care for him that much either. I understand. Um, but he plays the role as much as I said, he plays that role well because but then again, he's pretty much him just doing what he's been doing his whole career. Well, the best part is the best part about it,
2: and 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 let's not get things twisted is that he enjoys the role. Right? Oh, yeah, which totally. makes right which 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 really makes a difference for him, right? And for the character, because he just enjoys playing the role. Whereas yourself and myself aren't necessarily fans of the character, but we can appreciate that he enjoys playing the role. Sure. So,
0: but again, like I said, he's pretty much playing himself in a way. To a certain extent, exactly. Like to,
2: own, to right. yeah, with extremes, right. Yeah, to to certain extremes,
0: of course. Right. So, uh, Benji Games 2 says, I like Deadpool because it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, at, at the time it came out, uh, if you're talking about the movie, uh, yeah, at the time it came out, it was definitely different from what we were getting from other, um, Superhero movies in general, and the Marvel stuff at the time, I guess, also. So yeah, definitely. You know, if anything, that was in the, in the the mutant part of the um uh, of the stuff, definitely different uh, different from what we've gotten before. Then put it that way. Mm-hmm. So. so I can agree with that. That being said, yeah, it kind of blew up the the internet the just slightly. So just <laughs> with that news. Um, and again, I hadn't seen two because I don't remember. Um, I guess he it was a, a cameo in two, right. That Hugh Jackman did? I think so. Yeah. So I don't know. I hadn't seen it. Either way, um, Marvel's Blade loses director Basim uh, Tariq two months ahead of production.
1: Emotional damage.
0: (laughs)
2: Okay. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I was pretty emotionally damaged when I heard this story. I was like, what?
0: Yeah, I was kind of bummed because I was like, okay, what's going on? with this but uh according to this article uh tariq's departure uh comes as a shock not just to us apparently but to um uh, to, to other folks as production was set to begin in november on uh marvel's upcoming feature about blade the 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 uh, it, it goes on to say different steps we don't have to say all of that so you already know who it stars we don't have to go through all of that um Blade movie can't catch a break. Yeah, Benji, yeah, I agree with you there. I don't know, it's it's been troubled so this whole time. Um but yeah, so he says here that uh he's will no longer be Helming Blade, but sources close to the situation state that Tariq will m- remain attached to the project as an executive producer. So it's kinda like um um, um dude with uh, Fast and Furious. Justice, Lynn. Yeah, Justice Lin. Yeah. Justin Lynn, yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's not he's not directed anymore, but he still attaches as a a producer, which, you know. uh, So it kind of makes me wonder if it's a similar situation where there was like creative differences or or something. We don't know because apparently this um, this article doesn't necessarily go into why. um, Why he's stepping away from the from the from, from the thing. So maybe we'll find out sometime soon. I don't know. But yeah, and, and this article kind of goes on to say that yeah, he's not the first person to step down from the project, and 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 other people, um, also including um, Scott Derrickson and Sam Raimi. So yeah, hopefully it comes out. Hopefully it's going to be good. Hopefully you know the the things work out for whoever.
2: Right. Who's in. Right. We all hope that they're able to get a solid director for this because that's what it needs. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, as much as the DC movies talk, you know, as as the DC and Warner Brothers like to talk about them being, you know, uh, the the studio for directors for for superhero films, I still think that the Marvel formula really does rely in large part on capable directors. You know, it's not just Kevin Feige. It really does rely on capable directors directing some of these projects.
0: Well, that and that once, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. As much as I hate to say is like once they find the numbers bear out with who they went with, then they will go with that person again. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen that with the Russos, we've seen that with um, um, uh, John Waits with the Spidey movies, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Not saying they weren't capable before that, but I'm just saying it's just a fact of the matter. It's like, hey, you have, you have, you have, uh, you have. uh giving us results and we're going to keep messing with you it's not too many times you know once they figure that out they go outside of that so uh next up though
2: all right so this is some weird this is some weird stuff the defenders Mm -hmm. your quote-unquote star finn jones wants to see jessica henwick play iron fist in shang chi 2 so, basically, he says, it would be nice to see Colleen come back and still have that Iron Fist as well. This is following up on, I guess, how
0: uh, Iron Fist Season 2 ended. I don't remember uh, that. Yeah, go, yeah, neither do I, but I don't think I got to the end of Iron Fist Season yeah, 2. Yeah, I don't. Oh, God. Just go away, All Finn. Right, so maybe I did, and I don't, just don't remember. Away with I, you, I, Finn Jones. Away with you. Yeah. Oh, so there was another article in relation to this that I did not put in there because, and I'm probably uh, from the same interview, that basically said that yeah, uh, Finn Jones would love to come back as the character in like a Heroes for Hire uh, situation. We... And I was like, I didn't want to put that energy in the air, so that's why I went with this one. I was going to go with this one anyway, because I would also love to see uh, Jessica Henwick as, as Iron Fist. You can get rid of Finn Jones, though. <laughs> I'm saying. Just, just leave Just keep her. But, you know, she'd, she'd, she'd be playing Colleen, getting the Iron Fist, which still have no problem with. The only problem I would have with it is they would they would MCU, they would put this in the comics, which I guess still wouldn't be bad, considering what the Iron Fist we got already. Right Swordmaster. Uh... <laughs> I mean, that's just
2: the way I react to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, pay is right there. We've said this one, one too many times about that. Pay is was right there. Hi-ya! Okay, was, anyway, next up, what's that? That's it. That's it. That was perfect. Anyway, next. Yeah, up.
2: seriously, seriously. All right. Yeah, you got next.
0: Um, Iron Fist season three would have adapted the the character's most popular comic run. Um. Let's see, I, I believe this may also be in that same interview uh, with comicbook.com, but um, you know how they like to break things up. So it says here that uh, Finn Jones says he's like um, he loves Danny Rand, loved the character, loves everything around her, thinks he's such a jewel, and so did uh, the showrunner Raven Metzer. Uh, it sounds like the second season was really all about course correction, uh, it was like how we. Just change the course and the conversation around the show and just bring it up to a place that we can proud of, he adds. And then we could take the show in a direction we really want to take it, which was um Immortal Iron Fist, basically. But they wanted to adapt uh Immortal the, the Immortal Iron Fist story with Orson Randall uh for the third season. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, by all accounts, it was a good. <laughs> Makes sense. It was a great story. Yeah.
2: I was uh, about to say, did you never read it? No, I didn't. Oh, it's excellent stuff. Excellent yeah. stuff. Uh, Fraction, right? Yeah. Fraction yeah. and Brew Baker at the beginning. Yeah. So that's ex- that's an excellent, excellent run. So I I, I own all those. So that, that that's some great, great stuff. That's why they introduce all the immortal weapons. Right from the from the city, from the immortal cities. So right. All right. Uh, Next up, uh, Captain America New World Order star Anthony Mackie explained that uh, he has one particular superhero in mind that has not yet already been cast – Uh, So, you know, he he grew up as a fan of the Hulk. He always wanted to be the Incredible Hulk. But now, if he could play another superhero, it would be Panthro from Thundercats, the blue dude. Yeah, he's big on Thundercats. That's his superhero. If they ever make that movie and it's not him, he's shutting that, pardon me, that shit down. So we all know Panthro was one of the black characters in Thundercats. (laughs) So it makes a lot of sense.
0: I wouldn't say he was the black.
2: Can no, you no, know, it was one of the black characters because I think there were more uh, when they made. I think Some the, of the later ones. Yeah, I think so, but I'm not. I'm not. I not i do not remember. Like now, you're testing my no. Thundercats memory, and I can't remember exactly. You
0: might be right, I think it's one of the later ones that might have might have been. But he was pretty much the. Pleasure was the black character. In the universe, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um. First of all, I'm just gonna say Anthony Mackie might be a little light. To be playing, I mean, you know, I'm sure he works out, but eh, he might be a little not light as in skin tone, but light in is in muscle to be playing Pantho because Pantho Preto was granted. There's going to be some change for live action if they ever if they ever do it because they've been trying to get uh, Thundercats move off the ground for like probably a good 20 years or more.
2: Right. I mean, it's so hard to cast like six Chris Hemsworths, you know, when you're dealing with superheroes. So That's why they all look a little different.
0: Yeah, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, like, and I don't even I can't remember how tall he is either, because you know, um, that would be the other thing. But then again, I guess that's that's you know, as as we have just said with Wolverine, that's a that that's a factor they never really cared about.
2: Right. Right. Well, um, I mean, but the thing is, some characters are meant to be smaller, right? Like Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat are supposed to be young, so they're going to be smaller like, characters. The liono, lion no, no. I was of. about to say the early Liono, young Liono is small. Grown-up Liono is gigantic.
0: You know, he's I mean, got he was, the not, he was cut, yes, but he wasn't like like big, big, like panther big. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, he had gotten a lot of muscular, but he wasn't like that much thicker.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with that. You know, like Tiger is like in between. You know, like right. less than he's actually smaller than Liono, if I recall.
0: Right. So, and Chitara, you know, Chitara, Chitara, Chitara is what she was. So.
2: Yeah. The stuff of young kids, the stuff of pre and boys'
0: dreams. Anyway. In, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, like I said, I don't even know if they're, like, so they've been trying to get uh, Thundercats off in some way, shape, or form for the last 20, 30 years. We don't even know if whether that's ever going to happen. And I, I don't know. I just can't see him with it. But, hey, if, the, if it does happen, he ends up with him in it. I'd just be glad to see it and hopefully it's good. That, that's pretty much the same about that. It's got to be better than a damn message of the Universe movie. Which is not really saying much because anything could be better than that at this point. Next up, though, um, James Earl Jones officially retires as Star Wars' uh, Darth Vader. Wait, you have sound effect for this, don't you?
2: Oh, you want... uh. Hold on. I wasn't sure which to play.
1: I find your lack of faith disturbing.
0: I was thinking the other one, but...
2: (laughs) I wasn't sure. I'm not a fan of that one just because of the context that it's coming from. True, but... That's why I don't play that one that much.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, I I agree. But in in this case, I feel like it's still kind of that's weird. just sort of my thing. So, you
2: know, that's my reasoning behind not really using it that much. So
0: that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, so apparently um I remember reading this uh uh earlier, but uh so James Earl Jones has signed over his voice rights to Darth Vader character. And the last couple of projects that Darth Vader has shown up in, I believe they have been using basically um a synthesizer, right for for his voice,
2: right. Using old recordings of his to synthesize new right. speech.
0: So it hasn't been, yeah. So so, so technically, it hasn't been germs or drums for a, a minute now. Um,
2: it's probably just meant to take care of it because he is, you know, getting on in age. He's
0: kind of out there, yeah, yeah. You know, wow. I, like I said, you know he, he's a he's a he's definitely among the uh, national treasures. You know, so we we don't want anything to happen to him. But yeah, he is kind of—he's getting a little older uh, there. But it says here, uh, despite his retirement for the role, both studios um, have reportedly discussed their plans for Vader with Jones and "quote unquote" heed his advice on how to stay on the right course. I wish they had heeded him. I don't know if he had anything to do with that. uh, And I know who wrote this joke, but that joke from uh, the end of Rogue One—that whole choke on your ambitions thing—which was. Very stupid and very un, un Vader like, personally speaking. Yeah. Um I could have done something with that, but nevertheless, it is what it is. Right. So yeah, um, the the voice of Vader is retiring, and they're going to they're going to squawk box it <laughs> <laughs> for for the foreseeable future. Honestly, I don't know I heard a rumor that they're trying to find somebody else to do that. I know there's some there's some folks that can can do the voice. You know, obviously you need some mod- modulation, but can do. The you know uh, can do the voice. There's still some voice actors out there can can do that stuff. So we'll see. Nevertheless, next up,
2: right. So I wasn't sure how, why this article was here, and then I realized why. Louis Fletcher mm-hmm. has passed away. The Oscar-winning One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest actor was 88. So I remember watching this movie, obviously mm-hmm. well after its release in 1975. And you know the and I read the book, so I'm, I was familiar with the character of Nurse Ratchet. So uh, you know it's sad she passed away at the age of 88 in her house in France. Uh, her death was announced to Deadline by her family through uh, her agent. So she passed away in her sleep. So hopefully it was peaceful. Yeah. One role that now i understand why this character, this actress was mentioned in our show is that she, mm-hmm. later in later in life and i recognize her in from the from the picture of her as an older actress is that later in life she had a recurring role on star trek deep space 9 as the bajoran religious leader kai win adami who often butted heads with commander and then captain benjamin Sisko.
0: That's that's a light way of that's a polite way of saying that. Sure.
2: Uh listen, <laughs> you know that's like I said, butted heads.
0: yeah, yeah. Kai so so Kai Wynn uh rest of, by the way, rest in peace, Louise French, but Kai Wynn was one of those characters where if you say name a Star Wars character a Star Trek character specifically from DS9 that you love to hate, some would say uh Golden they would be wrong. Um he'd probably, he'd be in the running, but no, it would definitely be Kai hen because cause she was just, she was just, man. Like, you loved her, but you also hated her at the same time. But it was like, oh, wow. You're like, you a greasy woman. <laughs> but, like I said, but yeah, I, I saw this, and I was kind of heartbroken about this. I was like, I love that character, and again, this is a character you love to hate, and obviously, if you've been around here long enough, you know, I love me some DS9, so, you know. This is this is where it struck a chord for me, and I've also remember seeing uh, one flew over the C- uh, Cougars Less because we were very young when that movie came out.
2: I was about to say I don't know if I was born yet. I was so yeah, but you were super young.
0: Yeah, I was like two. So <laughs> when
2: that movie, came out. I was on the way. I think at that when this movie was 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 announced, was, uh, was released. So, but yeah. in any event, next up, you got Ooh. next
0: up. Uh, The Boys Season 4 Carnage will reportedly surprise everyone. I haven't seen Season 1, so... The Boys star Jesse T. Usher has teased the level of carnage fans should expect from the Prime video series in the uh, series' upcoming fourth season. Uh, In early September, the Twitter account for the Boys uh, tweeted a picture of a blood-covered Usher in the costume as of um, A-Train, which is his character. During an interview with Collider, Usher was asked about the tweet and whether it meant that season four would feature a great amount of carnage uh, involving A-Train than previous seasons. Quote, I can't say if it's more or less, but I can say it's uh, that it's surprising. It's surprising. Ultra um, revealed. Every time I hear that, oh, sure, I keep thinking of the singer, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it's uh, surprising for everyone. That's all I can say. So, there you go. And actually, uh, before we go on to the next one, some breaking news I meant to bring up uh, b- before this, actually. Go ahead. Uh, if, you, if you indulge me for a second, I will bring it up. Go ahead. Marvel... Um, Marvel's Armor Wars upgraded from Disney Plus series to feature film. Whoa. Yeah. Which I could have sworn it was a feature film first and then they done, they they made it into a series, but now it's back to a series again. I'm not sure. Either way, um, as reported by the Hollywood Reporter, the project will retain its star Don Cheadle, reprising his uh, long running Marvel Cinematic user. He's roadie, folks. Come on, we know this. Uh this is this is me being like uh <laughs> Agent seventy with Feige. But um um, as well as its head writer uh, Yassir Lester, although no release window for Armor Wars has been had been re- announced when the change was made, it's expected that it will now be pushed back in the Marvel slate of upcoming features. So maybe that's why it was didn't they didn't uh, show or say much about it um, at D23 because they were making this change. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a movie now. Cool. Go, go figure. I'm curious as to why they decided to change it. I don't think this article says as much, but there, there you go. All right, back to back to the back to the news. All Next right, time, I'm glad they just haven't got this one.
2: Of course. <laughs> so apparently, filmmaker John Carpenter is you know we we know him as an undeniable master of horror movies, but he loves cinema you know, beyond just the blood and guts of that particular genre. And he is apparently immensely passionate about monster movies. So in a press release, John Carpenter is a huge Godzilla fan. He sits down to present his four favorite monster films directed by Ishiro Honda. Godzilla, the uncut Japanese original uh, Gojira, otherwise known as Gojira. Rodan, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and The War of the Gargantuas. John Carpenter will make appearances throughout to discuss his great love and admiration for the franchise, and this is going to be on Shout Factory or Scream Factory TV. That is Scream Factory TV. I guess this isn't an online thing.
0: Yes. Um, so, well, so Shout Factory does have a Twitch channel, uh, and they also, I think, they who like the online streaming apps. I think they have a couple, but they also like on um, like Roku and places like that as a channel. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. So this That's is like going to
2: be – right. This will be spanning from November 3rd and November 4th, November 5th, and November 6th. So it's going to be right after Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, hey, why not?
2: <laughs> Listen, I love these movies, although I've never really sat down to watch War of the Gargantuas since, since I was a kid. Right. It is on HBO Max.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've seen it recently, but I wonder. I think they might have shown it on Shop Factory's Twitch channel at some point recently, but I right. don't remember. Yeah, I didn't know Carpenter was a, a big Godzilla fan though, but and, and I know he loves movies. So. Sure. So,
2: but shout out to John Carpenter for, uh, you know, show you know like flying this particular geek flag.
0: Uh, and again, that kicks off on November third. It's called the Masters of Monsters Marathon there it is is (laughs) next up um oh no we're not there yet netflix not moving forward with grendel series which i don't remember them having um so grendel was a comic book uh i don't think did you read it i don't mm. uh i didn't really
2: i wasn't ever able to get into it sorry
0: yeah, no, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm pretty sure I never read it either. But um, but Deadline reported that Matt Wagner's uh, mask Vigilante won't be. Seen I was about to say, like- don't
2: attribute this to Matt Wang. He's just gonna get a big head.
1: <laughs>
2: He's gonna be like, "Where's my money at?"
0: Right. Shout out to the friend of the show, Matt Wang, not Matt Wagner. We don't know that dude, but uh, Matt Wagner is the one that's that's helming this apparently, um, or was, I guess. Um. Says, wouldn't be seeing the light of day on uh, Netflix, but it doesn't mean that it's the end of the line for Grendel. Says, the series is being shopped around at a different home, like many other projects are doing recently. Uh, Let's see. Says, according to this article, Dark Horse Comics fans um, have been looking forward to the eight episodes. The um, Akbar... Abu Bakr, excuse me, oh Lord, I'm sorry, apologize. (laughs) Abu Bakr Ali was going to be the uh, title role, and uh, Resident Evil series creator uh, Andrew Dabb was writing the treatment as well. And apparently they had already filmed some episodes, so the fact that it's no longer going to be on Netflix is, uh, according to this article, baffling. So. But it also says production's not completed, so who knows what's going on. Next up. All right. So uh,
2: fans of Chris Hemsworth uh, are happy that um, Extraction 2, the follow-up to that, uh, that first Extraction movie, which proved to be a hit for him and for Netflix, um, footage from
0: this uh, sequel dropped. And apparently pe- people are happy about it. Good for him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch this. Uh, this first look footage, uh, and I actually liked the first uh, extraction. It was. It was. It was a good action was, movie. Yeah, it was a good yeah, action movie. Yeah, yeah. So, and at the end, you knew it was coming back. So whether you know, so it was just a just a matter of when. So. Mm-hmm. So I had to check this out and see what what it was, uh, or what's what's going on there. Um, The Witcher Blood Origin will launch Christmas Day, and The Witcher Season Three uh, is going to launch next summer. Um, the Witcher Blood Origin is the, um, is the new series that's uh, starring uh, Michelle Yeoh that, uh, um, that is coming or she's a part of it, I'm not sure if she's like the, the main star but um, apparently during uh, Netflix's fan event Tutum uh, which I think that last uh, announcement uh, came out of also, the streaming service announced that their prequel series um, the, the Witcher Blood Origin would launch on the day that I mentioned which was Christmas Day Uh, There wasn't a trailer for either series, either season three or Blood Origin, but there were posters for both um, that I think are probably a part of this article. So there you go.
2: Next up. Next up. So we talked about this last week. Netflix has shared the – but now Netflix has shared the full cast list for its upcoming Avatar The Last Airbender live-action adaptation. There's lots of big names like Star Trek legend George Takei. Um, You know, we have – Praise Amber Mid Thunder, you know from from the the recent Hulu release, which is really good. Uh, who's going to play Princess Yu, Yue? Um, the spiritual leader of the Northern Water Tribe, Danny Putty, who is best known for playing Abed in Community, and his role in Mythic Quest is joining the production as the Mechanist or the Mechanist. Um, you know, there's a bunch of. Uh, people here who have who are who have some notoriety. So uh Roddy Cat is going to scroll through this, you'll recognize some of these names. And we've talked about some of them before.
0: Well yes, because the uh James Cy or James C I can't remember, I'm not sure how how his name's pronounced so apologize. So he is reprising his role as the cabbage guy. Uh, the cabbage guy. is which you which agent seven would not know about because he hasn't seen uh <laughs> uh Avatar yet.
2: Yeah so seriously it was on his list. It's it's way down on my list. <laughs> Should bump that up a little bit. It's oh, yeah. way way down on the list.
0: Oh, uh, so yeah, and so there are some um, other notable uh, additions. I'm not gonna go through all this, but it's apparently yeah, it's a, a lot tam- of people. Yeah, attendance uh, to the uh, Daniel Day Kim, uh, which I thought that was already announced.
2: Yeah, that was um, early, but the point is know. like. Uh-huh. Um, that was the previously revealed, but, you know, the the full list includes a bunch of the newer names like Randall Duck Kim, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. You know, like these are names that I don't even remember us talking about that I see here. Um, yes, you know, we, yeah, well, about. I mean, we mentioned, we just mentioned like Utkarsh Ambukar uh, coming on like I think last week or two weeks ago. So, yeah. you know, these are all just not coming out. So now there's a full list out now.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, if you're watching the um, the um, the uh, video version of the show, you can see the list right there. If you haven't already seen this list, and freaked out for the for the good. <laughs> a Martinez is a name I hadn't seen in so long. Uh, well, I've seen recently, but um, I'm I'm happy to see him still getting work. <laughs> yep. But moving right along, we are going to get into the anime corner. All righty. And in honor of
2: some uh, anime that I, that I have been eagerly awaiting coming out this weekend.
1: United!
2: We're going to see All Might come back soon. Yes. All Might! But yeah, hit it. All right, so um, next up is uh, wait. So, so uh, did you not want to talk about everything coming to no, Crunchyroll?
0: No, you do it. Yeah, I wanted you to do it.
2: Oh, you wanted me to do it. Oh, okay, because it was my it was your turn. So, uh, let me see here because I hadn't pulled it up. One second. Oh. All right, so. Simulcasts that are continuing from the summer 2022 anime season. So we just had some drop uh, on, sep- in, in, uh, on September 24th. I'm the villainous, so I'm taming the final boss, apparently. Uh, September 29th, uh, the day of our uh, recording, Legend of the Galactic Heroes dropped, apparently. October 1st, this is the big news. My Hero Academia Season 6 is dropping. As well as Spy X Family. This is the second half of the opening season. So a lot of us are happy about this. Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. Season 2 is dropping also on Saturday. Uh, Berserk, the Golden Age arc, Memorial Edition. Uh, Okay. I mean, I started watching some of that. (laughs) I don't know where where this edition is going to fit into how I've watched it so far. It's kind of a tough watch, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's
2: a couple things coming out also this weekend. Um skipping I'm just gonna say the names real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, skip some of them. Yeah.
2: Uh Pop Team Epic Season Two and Raven of the Inner Peace. Uh October second, uh Mobile Suit Gundam, the Witch, uh Beast Tamer, uh Idolish Seven, third beat. And October 4th is gonna have Shinobi Noetoki. And Vaz Rock, October fifth. Wow, Mob Psycho one hundred three. Wow, uh, Do It Yourself, Move Love, Alternative Season two, The Human Crazy University. October. Wow, there's a bunch of stuff coming out. October seventh, mm-hmm. we got stuff. Stuff. Legend of Mana, The Teardrop Crystal. October eighth, Blue Lock, Boshi the Rock. Welcome to Demon School. Wow, October eleventh, Chainsaw Man. I know people waiting for Chainsaw Man on October eleventh. Mm-hmm. October 23rd to Your Eternity Season 2. And there's some new OVAs and TV specials also coming out in November. All right. Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, obviously the, the notable ones being the, the aforementioned uh, My Hero and uh, Chainsaw Man. And for myself. Uh, Spy X uh, Family. Um, that too. But also um, Gundam. Yeah. Gundam series.
2: Yeah, I've watched a little bit of Gundam. You know, it's it's you know like it's it's not it being like high on my priority because you know it's less about cool robot fights and more anti-war.
0: <laughs> it's pretty much always been that way. I know
2: it's this. Dispo- it's it's semi disappointing as a Voltron kid. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah 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 i know yeah i know that's i'm I like come on a, big robot battles you know I, I think you were you were warned about this prior oh to, of course and, uh, yeah so i'm I'm fairly certain of that but yeah there there are some cool robot fights but at the same time but yeah it's definitely more uh political than wars wars hell and all that kind of exactly stuff. so at any rate so yeah um looking forward to the this new crop of stuff uh i still hadn't caught up on my hero yet uh and this next one um that uh i am about to talk about which is bleach thousand year war uh thousand year blood war drops a short but sweet trailer um and i i was going to look into this but i was like i don't know if it was going to affect the fact that i have not caught up on bleach yet Mm. But I did see a little bit of it, and there's it a short trailer anyway. So I was like, "Well, I, I want to see. I want to see this. someone to catch up mm-hmm. with it." Uh, which, as we said, it's going to be uh, premiering October tenth. So I still got some time to kind of put a chunk into it, but not that much longer. <laughs> so, but yeah, nevertheless, folks. I know folks are are, are happy for that. Uh, October tenth, your wait is uh, is uh, short. Is no longer going to be much. Next up.
2: R Automata has been one of the more popular video game titles released, apparently, and now it's set to find a whole new world of fans with the debut of its official anime adaptation coming out next year. And uh, the Square Enix title has been exploding in popularity even more ever since it was first released. So this was announced during – I was just going to add that this was announced during the Anaplex Online Fest event last weekend. Okay, go ahead.
0: Which kinda of snuck up on me, uh um, cause I was like, wait, when did that happen? And it was apparently, you know, a, a thing. So but yeah, near I was just gonna say, uh, near Automata is a, is a is a great bitter game for, for 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 a lot of people. Um one of probably one of Platinum's best, some would argue. Um the fact is, getting an anime—that's going to probably going to be slightly bonkers, also. But we'll mm-hmm. see how they handle it. I'm, which is what I'm curious about. Is like, how are they going to handle that?
2: Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I, I was about to say, hold on for a second. I just wanted to Perfect. mention that Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. I think they're doing a preview screening at New York Comic Con.
0: Yes, I think we talked about that. Yeah, um, I just
2: wanted to mention. Like, like I like I remember seeing it on the schedule, so I I do think we rem- we we talked about it on the show. But I wanted to just you know mention that again because it is yeah, next
0: week, yeah. right? Because I think you said you weren't gonna. You were, you yeah, I wasn't
2: gonna it. be in the right. I wasn't gonna be. Uh, Which I wasn't gonna be at the con on that day that it was gonna be happening. Right. So.
0: But. Um, Blue Lock, uh anime receives broadcast information premiere date, which we kinda already talked about, so we didn't we can kinda uh push it along. But I know people are looking forward to, to uh checking this out. There's a trailer out there if you haven't seen it, which wasn't a part of the um um uh of the article ever mentioned. And I see there's uh, there's an article uh, that is talking about Spy X family's uh new opening credits. I'm not gonna look at that until It comes out this weekend. Exactly. It's it's, it's in two days as of, well, it's in one day as as of recording, but nevertheless.
2: Well, as of the end of this recording, not the
0: beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We we started this recording on a uh, a Thursday, folks, and it's now patched over to Friday, so a little behind the scenes. That's just the way
2: it works. Yep. So Mashley, Magic and Muscles... <clears throat> is going to be one of the next major Shonen Jump manga series to get its full anime adaptation debut, and fans have gotten to see just a little bit of it in motion with the first teaser trailer ahead of its launch next year.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, side note: There is a um, there's a manga that's going to get turned into an anime that I'm looking forward well, two, but one in particular called uh, Crazy Fruit Truck that I've been threatening to read. I know it's out there on the on the Viz app, but. Um, and this uh, Mashal one slightly curious. Uh, it's slightly a curiosity to me. Oh, is that how it's pronounced? Mashal? I think. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. I have not seen it, or I've not heard it uh, out loud. I mean, I've, I've watched the uh, commercial, but it doesn't really bend itself, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, now we're going to go over into the comic book news.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Yeah! <laughs>
0: Uh, you can go ahead Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, she hadn't picked this pulled this one up
2: i haven't pulled it up yet one second dc announces new harley quinn creative team and it's new york comic-con plans okay so let me pull this up thank goodness for a fast internet connection so DC Comics is going all out to celebrate Harley Quinn's thirtieth anniversary. In addition to um, one shot that w- that came out this week, which none of us read, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that comes out, and that uh, beginning with March 2023's Harley Quinn number 28, the book is going to be written by Teeny Howard with art by Batman Urban Legends Sweeney Boo. Is that like Chicken Boo? But I thought that same
0: thing sure. <laughs> good night, everybody!
2: Shout out to Animaniacs. Um, <laughs> sorry folks additionally d c announced plans to celebrate Harley through a pop up celebration at new york comic con which is next week okay, so it's gonna be outside, the pop up's gonna be outside of the Javits Center offering free Harley Quinn comics swag and breakfast as well as cupcakes to celebrate. okay, that's nice,
0: sure. Yeah, there's been a, uh, also um, a, a Ratchet Baron covers this week uh, with, uh, with Harley on it. So, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Batman's News villain returns with an unexpected twist. Speaking of Harley Quinn, uh, this is also for... This is a preview for um, Harley Quinn 22, uh, written by Stephanie Phillips and artists uh, Matteo Lally and David Dion. Um, it says here that uh, the preview shows Harley's loyal friend Kevin uh trekking through the snowy mountains in search of the league of assassins uh which has to do with the uh the plots i, I would imagine uh of the the uh the arc that is uh, currently going on which i guess just started this week uh, involving harley's death but nevertheless, we won't go too far into that, but you, uh, you can check out the show notes to check out the preview or, you know, just go ahead and pick up the book since it's out mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are so inclined. Next up. So Sam and Twitch from the Spawn comic
2: books are receiving a new two-pack action figure set from McFarlane Toys in the Near Future. So, you know, if you're familiar with these characters from the Spawn comic books, uh, you're about to get a new two-pack of them. That's cool. I remember them.
0: I don't. I didn't read that much Spawn, and I don't know if they showed up in that one HBO thing. Uh,
2: I don't remember. Although it's been a while since I watched that, I don't know if I ever made it all the way through that. To be honest,
0: I bought it. Probably have it on VHS back here somewhere. See, folks, the, the videos used to come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leonardo gets a RoboTech-style mech suit for the new Ninja uh, Turtles figure. For a new uh, Ninja Turtles figure. Um, so it says uh, here that Leonardo gets a radical robot reinvention in a new figure produced by Heat Boys that turns the katana wielding reptile into a mech reminiscent of the anime classics such as Robotech and Mobile Gundam. Uh, the impressive figure, scheduled for late 2022 release, boasts a slew of accessories, including two twins, uh, including twin katanas, daggers, revolvers, uh, revolvers. I guess i oh, sure, share as a mech, uh, a shield, shuriken, and a rival, rifle that fires mutagen potions. Uh, the middle section of Leonardo's shield can be used uh, as a slot for the figure's daggers and shurikens, and the turtle's leader's uh, shell opens uh, to hold various items. Last but not least, Leonardo comes packaged with collectible parts of the Turtle Van and transparent green uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures. So, this is going to set you. This is uh, Q twenty twenty two, and this is going to set you back one hundred and sixty nine ninety nine from uh, Big pack Toy Story. If, you, if that's where you're going to go, I guess. But that's the the price listed here. Next up.
2: So Mecha Ghidorah is rejoining SH Monster Arts in a special Shinjuku Decisive Battle special set. So this is actually a redo of the original 2015 release. And now a portion of the body has been replaced with die-cast metals. So this is coming out in August of 2023. But the kicker here, folks, is that you can pre-order it at the... Low, low price of $280. You gotta love SH Monster Arts figures. They are super detailed and really cool. But guess what, folks? That's the deal. Yep, yep,
0: yep. Just like Hot Toys. Uh, Marvel has no plans to build the universe of video games, according to Bill Rossman's, uh, Bill's Rossman, uh, Marvel Games vice uh, president. So, and this was an interview with uh, Game Industry Biz. Uh, let's see, Bill Rossman uh, discussed whether titles like Motive Studios recently announced Iron Man might evolve into a multiverse of his own, similar to that seen in the comics and films. Rossman denied any such plan. Uh, He noticed that although it's a concept many uh, audiences enjoy and respond uh, well to, he felt that it would be detrimental to the company's overall goal. I feel like this is something that, that he's been saying since, like, uh, that, that um, 2014 Spider... Was it 2014? The Spider-Man game, basically, that that everybody loves, which mm-hmm. is a great game. You should play it. Um, um, so, and that... And a whole side note with the, how, how the characters look, but um, you know, I, I may be slightly wrong about that. Nevertheless, that's what he's saying now. So, you know, they may be... I think the games are in their own world, but they, they're not, like, crossing to other multiverses at least so far we'll see if they keep up with that next up so a new book in
2: the star wars the high republic series is set to release this november on november 22nd 2022 star wars convergence by zoraida cordova is set to be released this is the next book in the star wars the high republic series this will be the first adult novel in phase two, Quest of the Jedi, and a set generations before phase one, Light of the Jedi. Okay.
0: Which was a uh, Soul's book, yeah. Okay. And start then keep the whole High Republic thing off. Okay. Uh some sad news. Uh comic book legend Carlos P- Pacheco reveals ALS diagnosis. Oh. Yeah. Um Superstar comic book artist Carlos Pacheco, perhaps known, according to his article, for the maxi series Avengers Forever and the graphic novel JLA, JSA, uh, Virtue and Vice, as well as his runs on X Men, Excalibur, Fantastic Four, Green Lantern, and Captain America, has revealed that he has been di- uh, diagnosed with uh, neurodegenerative di- disease, um, also known as um, AOMitropic Lateral uh, Sclerosis. Uh, the Spanish artist made the tragic announcement on his Facebook page before deleting the post. Uh, he has since, and I think I saw this on Twitter actually. Um, he has since responded to tweets uh, about the diagnosis, um, though. Oh yeah, that is some uh, quite sad news. Because he, you know, he's still been doing stuff recently that that I don't know we had even we had been
1: talking mm-hmm. about. I'm
0: thinking so.
2: Yeah, that's tough. ALS. That's a that's that's a hard thing to have hmm you know otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease
0: exactly um yeah earlier this year Pacheco uh announced a sabbatical from comics while he dealt with health issues and uh, now we know what's what's going on next up yeah
2: so um this is a follow-up piece so Carlos Pacheco shares his final comics work following his recent ALS diagnosis so uh, he shared his last comic illustration for Damage Control Two on Twitter, so this was released this week. It's the cover for Damage Control Number Two. It shows a shrunken Ant-Man and Wasp running from the, unsuspect- the unsuspecting mouth of Gus. The series goofy protagonist who resembles a character from The Office.
0: Yeah, and if you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, you can see the, the the cover right now. Again, we didn't talk about it because neither one of us read it. Right,
2: uh-huh. I mean, you know, I skimmed it, but you know, I, it's it's not the kind of book that I'm going to follow closely. So, I'm, I, you know, I might read it at some point, but Roddy Cat might, you know, he's much more attached to the uh, the property. So, yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, I was kind of lukewarm on this version of it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did say I was at the very least going to catch. I mean, it's a, it's a limited series, if I'm not mistaken. If it, even if it's not, it's. You know.
2: Right. Anyway, but no, I just uh, no, wanted to no, add. No. I did have I did have the good fortune of meeting Carlos Pacheco once and getting his mm. autograph on my copies of. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was like the early issues of uh, Avengers Forever. So I did get gotcha. to meet him yeah. once. So I got him to sign that, and I think I got him to sign the 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 part of the Heroes book that he did. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm almost sure. I actually have my copy of Heroes right here with me. Um, I'm just holding it right in front of my face. Uh, my virtual yeah, background is, showing, there,
0: it is. there. It is,
2: there it is. You know, once I keep it still. Wait, it's
0: not heroes from the show. This is a uh, Marvel no, book. No, this is or? the
2: this is the Marvel 91101 uh, gotcha. tribute book, right? Gotcha, gotcha. And I did get Carlos Pacheco to sign his um, his contribution to this. So, you know, I see his I see his name uh, on my list of already signed by. Huh.
0: Okay. So, nice.
2: Yeah, but that's some sad news from uh, yeah. from the comic book world.
0: I know I was having a discussion with um, the, I guess, the formerly known as Von Gloom. that because I can't remember his name. He's going by now, but mm-hmm. about that. And, yeah, it was, yeah. So. You know, it kind of it kind of brings up the whole like, why don't they have, you know, why why are, why are not companies taking care of them or giving them insurance? That kind of that
2: right, kind right, of, right. Know. Because why is why is it all work for hire unless they have uh, exclusive contract?
0: Exactly. So we had you know had that conversation. So I was like, yeah, that's that's sadly that's kind of how it goes, and if you hate it. Yeah. You know, but, uh, the the initiative, uh, and I, I pointed him to the hero initiative. Um, also,
2: yeah, that's why the yeah. Hero Initiative exists, because, exactly. because of this whole work-for-hire freelance, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, uh, nature of comic book creation.
0: Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I will probably put a, a link in the show notes for the Hero Na- Initiative uh, uh, after the show.
2: Last but not least. Yeah, I was about though, to say, I don't uh, know, does Spain have, um, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, a national health system?
0: You know what? That's what I kind of wondered, because I don't know. That I don't know, honestly.
2: I'm kind of curious. That's worth it. I was about to say, I'll take a look at that while you take the last story.
0: Sure. Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds receives an IDW miniseries. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is called The Illyrian Enigma, and it is a four-part miniseries that is debuting in December and will bridge the gap between the first and second seasons of Star uh, Trek Strange New Worlds, which I believe the first season is uh, still ongoing at this point. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's really much to say about this, because there's a press release that goes into uh, what is this is about. Uh, which we don't need to necessarily get into, and I have not seen Stranger New in the World yet. Um, I'm pretty sure the ID Debian is probably going to be 3.99. It doesn't say here, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Next up. I mean, uh, excuse me, that's it. So did you find
2: out? I did. So there is a national health care system. Okay. Um, so, but it's for people who are Spanish nationals. So, if you're a visitor to Spain, I guess you're paying you're paying full ride. But right. you know, if you're a Spanish national, so I guess he does have that particular uh, benefit. So, uh, you know, obviously, there are certain things that still probably require private payment or private insurance to cover. But at least he is in a country where there is a national health care
0: system unlike this one correct um okay before we go into the last ad read of the night um a very quick show and tell by by myself which is let's see if this plays there we go um so i talked about this book and we uh, we have talked about this book before um black panther protectors of wakanda written by uh, karama horn aka the blood girl on twitter and all and all over the place you've probably seen her work uh for sci-fi and in uh, other places, she's uh, she's dope. She's written a book. Uh, I did not get a chance uh, to read the book. Like I said, I was on like I said on Twitter that I was, or excuse me, like I said on Instagram that I was. But hopefully, still uh, going to get around to it. It is basically, um, as the book says here, um, a history and training manual of the Milage. Mil- Mil- so, if that is something that is of interest to you. Uh, as a fan of Black Panther or the Dora themselves, you should probably check this out. And I say that not I haven't read the book yet. But nevertheless, I'm, I feel pretty good about it. And I've seen nothing but glowing reviews on it from, from other people who have read it. I don't know if that means anything, but there you go. <laughs> as a fan of Black Panther, I was going to pick the book up regardless. Um, and that, folks, is that. We're going to go into the last ad read of the night.
2: The last ad read of the night. You know what we read when it's late and uh, we're getting tired and a little punchy. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep... The Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today.
0: All right, folks, that is the end of the show. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week. Um, what we got? We got She-Hulk. We got uh, Andor. Rings of Power. Uh, House of the Dragon. um, uh, New York's starting next week, but we probably won't see too, too much uh, coming out of that. Yeah, uh, probably,
2: you know, like if there's any announcement pre or on that Thursday, we're probably going to just miss it, you know, being right. reported maybe um, right. because, you know, we, we record on Thursdays. But ultimately, you know, we'll have plenty of TV to talk about and we'll probably do some quick, you know, there are there usually isn't as much news coming out of New York Comic Con, but sometimes you get surprised. It's, yeah. not, I mean, it's not It's yeah. not like San yeah, Diego. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like San Diego, but there's usually some stuff coming out of New York.
0: Right. And and like you said, some stuff that will come out prior to the show. Right. Uh, went into the show. So I feel like somebody said they were – I think like Marvel or somebody said they were going to have some announces at New York that they were holding up in New York. But I can't remember if that was true or I'm just making that up.
2: I'm sure um, that there I'm, will be. I'm sure there
1: will be.
0: Yeah. That being said, folks, um, I have been cat You can find me at cat on Twitter, you can find me at Notes Need to Twitter, you can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, PopCoacherNet on Twitter, popcoach is umbrella site they're in. Uh Tim D O G98 on Twitter. Uh CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Book Chronicles Twitter account. Go check that out. Um, uh, the Click Nation—that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N—on Twitter. This is also Tim's uh, account, um, but you can also find him over at comicbook.com, where he's over there writing his face off. Uh, thank you, Benji. Uh, he's, uh, who says uh, Benji uh, Games Two says a Great show, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks uh, for joining us. Comic- thank you. Yeah, um, you can find this here show after the after the recording. On the Cold the Podcast Network, at cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast, for place of choice, whether it be Google, Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can also uh, find us recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles, which uh, Benji Games 2 uh, did, so we appreciate it. Uh, with that, folks, we'll be back next week, like we said. So with that, this has been The Comic book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. Rest in peace, Kudio. Yes. Uh.